Hello, Amigo Eagle Gardens, Eagle Gardens One on Instagram, and this is fucking talking shit with Eagle, episode six fifty nine. I've got a great guest for us tonight. Hopefully, you've had a great day. I know I have. Mr. Colton, you want to tell us how you're doing and where they can find you? Hey, I'm doing good. Hello, everybody. Um, my name's Colton, or you can find me on Instagram, uh, Colts Mountain. That's C-O-L-T-S underscore mountain. And um, yeah, I'm just excited to be on here and uh, be meeting some people and and uh, tell kind of my part of the story or my side. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I guess we'll just get started kind of like when I... Uh, started smoking first of all before i started smoking i was like really against um because i'm like the youngest of three i have an older brother and sister and uh before i uh started smoking i used to steal my sister's cigarettes and uh hide them from her and break them and she'd get mad at me but i didn't want her smoking you know and that all lasted till i was up till uh about 14 and uh smoked i was over at my brother's apartment and uh he's the oldest of us three and uh so his his buddies took me on a little car ride around the neighborhood and smoked me out and um i got loaded i mean or is it i bet I was definitely feeling different. I felt like really good. It was like maybe like the first time I felt like really like myself or something, <laughs> you know, um, just like got me right in my zone. And uh, but went back to his apartment and just ate a bunch of um, ice cream and just watched a bunch of shows. And they all kind of just let me chill. And <laughs> that was that. Then basically after that, it was just total three 180 from from where i was at before i was just uh looking to smoke all the time um so that was when yeah i was like a freshman in high school when i started smoking and um i don't even know what kind of this is back let's see yeah so 24 years ago <laughs> so um uh, not even sure what kind of what kind of bud it was because like they didn't really like show me it or anything just kind of like the uh, pipes and bowls were being passed around in the car and you know it was like at night time so i was just i wouldn't have known the difference if i if they would have told me anyways you know so uh um but yeah there's a lot of uh like brickweed back then, um, especially like for the younger guys like me getting into it. I mean, for the most part, I guess. And uh, in my area, and so smoking the the brickweed, and then uh, like uh, my buddy's parents' friend um, grew, and they had some like Dutch seeds, you know. Stuff. 
I live like uh, in the central California, um, about an hour away from Yosemite National Park. And uh, so like, not, like nice Sierra Nevada mountains, um, I'm at like around 3000 foot elevation at my house. Um, so there's some good herb that comes from around here. Um, I mean, like the Central Valley, the largest, you know, producer in the country, I think of produce and stuff basically is, you know, uh, an hour in the other direction from me down in the valley. Um, and so, yeah, just fortunate to have a great climate around here. And, uh, so started smoking some good, um, seedless homegrown bud, um, not that long after I started smoking. So the, the brick stuff was only really a, maybe a couple years, you know, then it really just faded out and you wouldn't really even see it around anymore back that'd be like um like around 2000 yeah so i think uh i started smoking in 1997 um so that was like in california when all the medical stuff was you know just starting and so uh i guess that was a pretty cool time to start yeah um and then probably around 17 years old I um, moved in with my brother and uh, I don't even I think he might have supplied the plant or something but we lived in a little trailer and had my first plant on uh, the roof of that thing <laughs> in like a five gallon container uh, finished it off that was pretty cool. And uh, I worked at like a big old hotel uh, convention center type thing up um, that we have up here. And there was a dude that uh, came into my house after work and we both took some rips in the kitchen. And I remember it, it was just like some good, like really just like some good homegrown green, but it wasn't, didn't even have a name or wasn't even really anything special. But I do remember that he uh, hit the floor after taking a hit, and I was kind of laughed at that. That was the only time I've had someone do that um, with my garden in particular. And so, um, so yeah, this was like, um, you know, a lot of the smoke around then. I always like, found that to be a compliment. Someone hit the floor like that. Sorry, I didn't mean oh no you're good <laughs> yeah and i've always like um kind of been i'm not like a super all-natural individual but i do tend to lean to more to more natural stuff and like um my my grandma um i guess i don't know where i got like my my love of like uh taking care of plants from but my grandma did used to have me take care of like her garden and uh her yard and stuff like that and so from a young age i was planting roses and 
just different types of bedding flowers and trees and whatnot and so um so they probably might stem from that so uh yeah so um uh, smoking a lot of like yeah there's like cincy star train wreck some salmon creek the big bud um those were like a lot of the some, you know like the diesel a lot of like there was only like the primary colors back then i would i kind of was my analogy for it um um now you have like all these you know tertiary or at least secondary and beyond hybrid so yeah anyways uh that was understandable but uh yeah so it's really just like a few i mean at one time like half a dozen or a dozen variety varieties that were the ones going around i'm sure there's more than that but like yeah basically that's it like a dozen hype ones like i said a few of the ones i mentioned and um yeah, so I don't know where I was going with that, but um, so after I grew that first plant, then okay, yeah, so um, then I ended up getting a place with a girlfriend, and uh, I had gotten, and this was when I was like nineteen, so about two years later, and I had gotten in some trouble in between then. And I was on probation, so I couldn't really do anything myself at that time. But uh, she had like six plants outside, and I took care of those like they were mine. And uh, man, shoot. After that, <laughs> it's just been, um, yeah, 20, 20 plus years, I'd say, right around 20, 21 years of of actual growing um that i've that i've done um like i said i do like to so um a lot of organics and stuff um i like to do um yeah but we can get back to like that so to more um so uh you know, I've kind of done a little bit other, I mean, um, so cannabis, marijuana has <laughs> always been a, a, like kind of number one in my life. It's really helped me a lot in all, in a bunch of different aspects. And, um, but I've always been like a real active person. So I've always worked, um, all kinds of different things i mean my first job i had when i was 13 selling pizza by the slice at a peddler's fair with my buddy his parents owned a round table pizza and they had us slinging pizzas by the slice and um and so yeah i've been working at since a real real young age um done a lot of restaurant work in the back um cooking front house serving um then i got into worked at a local nursery for a little bit and i was <laughs> that was what it was it was it was kind of cool seeing how things happened around there but um 
went from that to um, tree service, ran a tree service up, up in my area for a few years. And then actually got in like a little motorcycle accident and um, got a blood clot in my hip and uh, had to take blood thinners for it. And um, I think the third doctor visit I went to, uh, like a, a checkup, he asked me what I did for a living again. And I told him, you know, run a chainsaw. And he looked at me crazy and basically said, you're stupid. Uh, if you if you cut yourself when you're out there and it doesn't matter if someone's with you or not, you're on these blood thinners and you'll basically bleed out and die right there. <clears throat> so pretty drastic change in life right there. Kind of like had to do a little career switch. And I was like, <laughs> right around the time um, that things were kind of really starting to take off. Um, and just like a lot of some storms had hit big wind storms and big heavy rains that took down some, um, some of the oaks we have around here are like uh, shallow rooted. So they fall over if they get snow or too much rain at the wrong time. Um, so there was a lot of work, but I kind of had to step away from it and sell some equipment I had and, and uh, get into other, some other stuff. So I think I went from that to, um, yeah, I opened a garden supply store in the about 15 minutes away from where I live. There's like, um, yeah, about 15 minutes away in, in another, another little town and, uh, ran that for a little over five years and it was cool. Um, yeah, I guess actually I'll back up a little bit when I worked at the nursery, um, I was able to go to the shows cause they still had, you know, that was like when they were having these, um, uh, which ones were they down like on the, um, Arbor, like in like Oakland, uh, maximum yield show. I think they were something like that. Uh, what is back when like. You were still, you know, saying like tomato plant and stuff like that, you know, even though the thousands of people that were at the convention, it wasn't like a smoking convention or anything like that either. It was more of like, a, you know, where all the retail or like all the manufacturers and different people that create products for this industry, you know, go to. And so, but still it was nice because I was able to kind of meet some people and, um, and just, uh, really want to, you know, just, it kind of just kept me, kept me in this, this path. And so, um, but, uh, let's see, kind of skipping around, but it's all right. We're not in a rush. <laughs> um, yeah. So even though I'm in California, my County doesn't allow any, uh, up till, let's see, like maybe eight months ago, local casino opened a dispensary. Other than that, this whole time, they haven't allowed any commercial cannabis activities. Um, they're, they're, they're 
fine with people having their personal gardens. So that's really awesome. Fortunate for that. And so like after the tree thing, I was kind of, you know, I know I wanted to move more in the direction of um, like, I guess, uh, licensed cannabis or anything as close as I could to it. But I wasn't also willing to um, really uproot myself and, excuse me, and move to another county or another state just because it's a pretty small town I live in. And, you know, growing up in a place like that, you just you get these relationships with people. And now that I'm a little bit older. You know, guys I went to school with have their own construction companies or their own concrete or plumbing or electrical. And, you know, we can all do our own thing now and I can really get stuff done um, in a easy and um, not that expensive, you know, compared to if you're paying full price. So, so yeah, I never just, you know, like my roots are here and kind of wanted to keep them here. And uh, so, so the closest thing at that time that I figured I could do was open my own garden supply store because we didn't have any um, around here. We had the nursery that carried a little bit of stuff, but it was more like a family nursery and, you know, stuff like that. So, um, yeah, so I... um, closest thing I could think of was to open a garden supply store specifically for, you know, basically the cannabis and, um, and definitely tailor to the people in my area that needed the stuff. Um, and so, uh, did that, but, <laughs> um, Just there's not that much. A lot of people in my area are, you know, they just, um, I think a lot right around that time I opened my store, a lot of, you know, PG&E had gone up drastically at that point and whatever the market may be slowing down or, you know, whatever. Um, there was like people were shutting down their their indoors and just finding it wasn't cohesive for them and they just throw some plants outside and when they threw the plants outside um, and there's nothing wrong with it, but just uh, kind of the consumers around me were, you know, there's a lot of dry amendments um, and a lot, a lot of bulk dry amendments, um, but not bulk enough. Like they're running the commercial farm where I can even make a hundred bucks if I sell them $5,000 worth of product, <laughs> you know, I wasn't looking for much. Um, so, yeah, so, you know, they're buying, even when I say bulk, it's still, you know, only for like a personal garden, um, the raw dry ingredients. And so there's not really a, a big markup in that stuff. Um, and so, yeah, I, I tried to stick it out and I did for a little over five years and um, just kind of had to come to realization that um, I could should be doing something better with my time, um, I guess. (laughs) And strangely enough, my 
county had legalized growing industrial hemp. And so I shut down, and this is all uh, 2019 is, I was like wrapping up the store, um, kind of slowly moving out of the building I was in and um and starting a a cbd hemp cbd farm at the same time breaking ground on that uh my license was for like 50 acres but i only i did like uh four acres and spread i did a 3200 plants so six eight about well, 800 plants per acre and um learned another lesson on that one that was a pretty expensive venture because setting up that size of a farm wasn't cheap but um i don't have any kids um i've had uh one fiance in my life and that didn't work out i never actually tied the knot um and some some girlfriends along the way but um, for the most part, you know, a lot of time my work takes up a lot of my life and that's just the way it is, you know, maybe if I, yeah, so. Um, so yeah, did, did that farm, um, I'll, you know, later on or uh, some other shows or if anybody's ever interested, I, there's some stuff on my Instagram, some pictures of, uh, of the farm and stuff it was it was pretty cool man um but uh only was able to run that for a year um it was like a beautiful piece of property that hadn't been touched for a long time and uh i kind of went in and cleaned the place up and i don't know what it was maybe the because i i I leased the property and i was going to do a a 25 year lease. I mean, I, you know, I wasn't planning on such a short term, but the first year I only signed a year contract and I was going to do a, a 20 a remainder of 24 years after the, after that. Um, and so, yeah, just long story short, it didn't work out this kind of a weird situation. Um, and, um, but, uh, I do, you know, um, I have all the equipment to set up uh, another another couple acres if the, if the chance does ever come about. But um, and that's a tough, tough, tough market. And uh, I was so eager to do something, anything. Uh, I really do feel that this, you know, cannabis, hemp, CBD, that it all is helpful for people um in all kinds of different ways and so i'm very passionate about that and um and about putting people before me and if you know if if they needed some medicine and i and they can have mine if that's all i have um and i'd be super happy to be able to take care of someone like that um yeah, so we'll see what happens, you know, but the, the, so the CBD industry was pretty crazy and um, I probably shouldn't have got into it as 
fast as I did, I maybe should have just bitten off a little less um, just because I ended up, I ended up producing probably, I don't know, I think there was probably a ton and a half <laughs> of uh, CBD biomass, you know, my first year. And that was cool, but uh, yeah, it just, there's, there's just little caveats of transporting and just like um it's just like still really weird and <laughs> yeah so um but we'll see you never know like the whole you know that's that quite the endeavor there 800 plants though man no that was uh four acres and 800 plants per acre so 3200 plants yeah yeah, I'm kind of, <clears throat> I really go like, uh, I've never been diagnosed with any kind of ADHD or ADD or anything, but like, um, I think that's why I have a problem maybe with relationships is because I kind of just really get focused in on stuff. Not that, I mean, not that I'm not caring. <laughs> so, but you know, yeah. So um, I really, yeah, just, I was really, chomping at the bit you know what i mean and uh i got some i mean i grew some great i got the um some fem seeds um i got some seeds from beacon hemp um some like bubba and um some nueve and i can't think i, I think i got some other some seeds from like a blue forest farms i can't uh, off the top of my head, I can't think of what to where I got a little sidetracked because I'm trying to maybe bring up a few pictures. I could see if I could just kind of show real quick. But yeah, man, it was really cool. It was really cool. And like, uh, so I didn't have, you know, a super bunch of money, but I'm very resourceful. And so, um, and I know I'll probably get all kinds of naysayers or something for this or whatever, but they do a lot of tree work and there's a big old. Well, there's a few, but there's at least one five minutes away from me that, um, like a the you know, PGE has their all their tree tree service trucks drop all the stuff there, and they had triple, uh, triple chipped some of this stuff, so it was like really fine. <clears throat> we have really good native soil around here, also. And there's a little bit of native soil mixed in into it from just from them scraping up around the yard and kind of collecting it and stuff. So I ended up getting um, some some trucks of that delivered, and I had um, some other amendments. I had, I threw in like because I I uh, <laughs> as neurotic as it seems, I had spent a whole bunch of money on those seeds and I really couldn't afford to do like a, um, what would you call it? Like a, like sow them right in the ground or anything like that, you know, plant them right in the ground or germinate them right in the ground. And so I had to germinate them and um, transplant each one from like the little, you know, one inch or one and a half inch by two inch little plug type deal 
uh, not a plug. They were just like the little trays that I had filled with soil and popped the seeds in. And so um, transplanted those into one gallon containers. Um, and um, so I, <laughs> it was crazy, man. Yeah. So there was a lot of hands-on stuff. And maybe if I did it again, I don't know if I would do it that way, but that's how it went down the first time. So it was pretty cool because I had um, uh, got a bunch of pallets and got some extra ones to tear the planks off of and had some old fence boards around the yard that I um, cut to size to patch in all the pallets. And I had a greenhouse that was, it was just like a PVC greenhouse, um, but it was pretty legit, at least to hope cover to put the plat to hold the plastic up you know and keep the cold out that was probably like uh i think they're about 14 15 feet wide and this one was like 80 feet long i'd say um and on both this both sides i had two rows of pallets um on the ground but the they had all been fixed up so that they were like solid pieces on the top you can walk on them really easy and set stuff on them really easy and so I did that for like drainage and just to kind of keep them up off the ground because I didn't want any like tap roots or anything going into the to the native soil um while the pots were in that area and so that was cool because yeah just um they stayed in there till maybe about a foot tall and so uh, right about that that size um it was just like a nice sea of green um so that was that was pretty fun and i and uh i took care of them you know myself um uh wasn't too hard you know you just got to do it um yeah and so it was pretty good uh we did have um, bad fires in my area. And so probably the last, it was, it, it was kind of almost horrible. Maybe it's not the perfect word for it, but basically horrible. Um, we had really bad smoke at least the last month of flowering on those things. Um, I don't think it was, the fire was close enough to actually have like ash on the plants, but, um, it's been like that a couple of years ago with all the forest fires around and stuff. So yeah, um, did that. And so that was, uh, that was two, you know, 2000, 2020 was when I had the crop. So, um, after that, man, I just, uh, with everything else kind of strange around places. I just kind of, um, I've been uh, concentrating on all this success and perceived success, success, success for years and years and years. And so I told my brother <laughs> that, uh, you know, for a little while, I'm going to concentrate on just my happiness because I haven't, I, uh, don't get really get to do too much that I enjoy. I mean, I enjoy 
I can't say that I enjoy, but I've just really been concentrating on work for past since I was 13 starting at round table. Like I said, you know, I didn't, uh, I think high school was like a seven year, six or seven year program for me. I dropped out. Well, we'll get into that. That was fun. Pretty cool story. Um, So I grew up just my mom raised me. Uh, my parents got divorced when I was young. And so I stayed with my mom. And um, so I was in welding class. Uh, I think it was beginning of sophomore year. And uh, the teacher ended up coming into my welding booth and um and I was, you know, uh, I was like one, I was like the second to the smallest kid in my class, my sophomore, my sophomore year. Um, and so, I, you know, I wasn't that, <laughs> that big of a dude. I probably weighed 125 pounds soaking wet. And uh, my welding teacher was, you know, like this 60 year old, uh, probably weighed 250 pounds, just this old beefy looking <laughs> beefy looking guy and uh so he came in my uh welding booth and started freaking out on me and uh uh basically grabbed my shoulder yanked me out of the booth and started pushing me around up to the front of his desk telling me to to give him the fucking bag is what he wanted because he he thought he saw a bag somewhere when I was welding, <laughs> I don't know. It's crazy. So um, I'm like tripping out. This guy's like two times the size of me. The only reason I kind of said that uh, I grew up with my mom is because I never had a male figure in my life tell me what to do. For sure, never had one push me around. So I'm like tripping out. I'm like this little kid, you know. And I get up to his desk and he freaking shoves me down in his desk and I'm like holy crap man this is crazy so uh I tell him hey man I gotta go to the bathroom because he's like on the phone with the office and stuff and he's like no don't don't get up from my he pushed me down in his chair at his desk and so uh so he said yeah don't get up and I you know just got eye contact with him and he's like 10 feet away and I'm tripping out so I slowly get up and he's watching me and I by the time I had to pass him to get out of the classroom and by the time I I pass him like I hit the double doors and right as I'm going through it he grabs my arm and freaking uh I freaking jerk out of it and uh I always laugh when I tell people this but I don't know if you've ever you know when you run so fast you like literally can't even feel your legs you're just kind of like floating so I freaking ran all the way back to the back auto parking lot of the, the high school, the auto parking and uh, sitting there just like, oh, my, what the heck's going on? You know, what am I going to do? What am I going to do now? I just freaking ran out of class and the whole class sat there and was watching the whole ordeal go down. And uh, so I went to the office and, uh, you know, asked for my counselor and just, uh, the first guy I talked to was like, oh, yeah, who are you? And I'm like, Colton. And 
Colton do? And, oh, yeah, I need to come talk to you or you need to come talk to me. And uh, so he's like, you know, what's going on? I was like, I don't know. He's just yelling at me to give him the fucking bag and I don't know what he's talking about. And uh, so he was all like mad at me at first. And I pointed out at my arm because like I had ripped out of his grip so hard that he like gave me uh, Indian burn, you know, from my grabbing so hard. And so, uh, yeah, that kind of changed the whole tune of the meeting right there. They went and kind of cleaned me up and stuff. You know, I ended up getting suspended from school for five days for defiance because I asked to go to the bathroom and he said I couldn't and I went anyways. So that was that. It was weird, you know. And uh, But when I went back to school and take it, me and this guy were like so cool i was like the freaking teacher's pet <laughs> you know what i mean because like i was learning how to weld and freaking it was just i, I you know it was cool i was like pr- wasn't like the best but i did pretty good and would finish my projects early and and would like clean up the shop and just kind of you know it was just cool and uh and my desk was the f- right in front of his desk so <laughs> I was sitting like six feet away from him. And uh, so when I went back to school, after after I got suspended, I go back to his class, man, and he takes roll and he just looks at me. And he after he takes takes attendance or roll, roll, whatever you want to call it, he's like, hey, I need to talk to you outside. And I'm like, all right. So I go out and he's like, hey, we both know what happened that day. And I'm like, man, I don't know what you're talking about. And it was like, so, um, so it's really awkward because all the other teachers was now. Um, so that was crazy. So I ended up going on homeschool, uh, basically having to uh, work uh, two jobs. By the time I was like 16, I was uh, opening a kitchen in the morning and uh you know getting off that shift like around uh 2 30 the older i worked with this older uh cook and like he used to have some homegrown bud and uh it was cool because this is freaking you know 18 years ago or something so uh he would give me like an ounce of bud of good, pretty good green bud to stay like, to let him get off early, like an hour early. He'd give me like a half ounce ounce, just depending on how, how bad he wanted to get out of there. So I'm like, go for it, man. I don't care. So that was cool. It was like an extra bonus. And then I'd get off there and then I'd go back to work at like, a, uh, the movie theater from like 5 30 till like uh 11 30 or something like that and then you know do it all again the next day and i did that for a while and so i was doing that and uh i wasn't really doing my homework and stuff you know and so i went to school i was going like once a week to turn in my homework and talk to the teacher and maybe do a test or whatever they have you do and and uh she just got to the point where she it's like, hey, you don't, you should just probably drop out because you you're working so much and you're not doing your your homework. And you know, I'm still 
I'm still a minor. I'm still not 18 and I'm, I'm highly influential. And I'm like, my teacher is telling me to drop out of school. Yep. Peace out. I'm, I ain't staying here. My teacher is the one telling me, come on. <laughs> so I did that, but I ended up going, going back and, uh, I mean, why, why drop out like in freaking 11th grade, man, come on, you do all that for, to drop out. So I ended up going and actually getting my diploma and not my GED, just if, if anything, just for myself, honestly, it wasn't really a, anything that I had to do it for. Um, so that was, that was cool, but I got it done. It, you know, uh, I turned in my senior project a, a week late and I thought it was really cool because at the time it was about like someplace in, in a Europe that was doing a, for diabetics, they were giving people tattoos in a certain layer of their skin. I don't think it was a normal layer of a tattoo. might've been a couple layers, like in the third layer instead of the fifth or something like that. Maybe I don't know if that even makes sense or what, but um, they would give them this tattoo and they'd wear a watch over it. And when their blood sugar got low, the ink would had the watch was able to pick up something that the ink was doing. And so I did this badass report and I actually felt like I learned something and like I could teach someone about, you know, this cool technology that might be happening. I mean, that's pretty big for diabetics, I would imagine, you know. And um, I turned in a week late, even though the teachers you know, the last week of school, they've already had all the grades done. They're basically sitting there waiting like you are for it to be done. And so uh, she she thumbs through my senior project, maybe read 10 words of it. I don't know. You know, it's like 10 pages or something. It could have said really nasty stuff about anybody I wanted to in the middle and she wouldn't have ever known. Anyways, literally thumb through it right in front of me she goes i'll give you a c plus i wanted to pass so i'm like cool all right but it's still like man you know that kind of stuff's kind of crazy <laughs> so i don't know if i'd send my kid to public school but <laughs> you know my experience with public school is pretty horrible you know what i mean so uh well, yeah, so got my diploma. Um, uh, let's see, growing wise, I've I haven't like done it all, but I've tried my hand at a few different um, techniques and media's, and uh, I've ran like rock wool only I think maybe two or three times, like in flood and drain trays, like a like a six by six cube. Um, that was back actually with what I knew was like the purple Kush. And I think what, from what I can, excuse me, put together is what they uh, are calling the SR 71. SR 71 purple Kush. I'm, uh, so man, that stuff, I could get my hands on that. I loved it. So did that, uh, some rock wool. Um, 
I'm, I'm not one of these guys um, that really gets a, a recipe and if it's not broke, don't fix it type of thing. Um, might be to my fault, um, but things usually turn out okay. Um, but yeah, I, I, I like experimenting. I like doing different stuff. I got into the deep water or recirculating deep water culture for a few runs built my own system i mean that was something it was it was crazy i mean i had i had indoor stocks on the plant that were you know as big as some outdoor plants i've seen um you could literally almost watch your plants grow i'm, I'm not joking like insane growth if you ever have a chance to check out a, a well-functioning deep water culture system. Um, and I think I could do it all right. If anybody <laughs> needs any hinters, I could at least throw out, you know, the ones I know. Um, but yeah, that was awesome. And it was pretty cool too. Cause like playing with your um, parts per million and stuff. Uh, it's just crazy watching the plants you could literally watch the plants suck up the nutrients because you'd go to your reservoir the next day or whenever hours later, whatever. And you could see uh, that your PPMs have dropped because the plants are freaking eating that stuff. You know what I mean? It was, it was, it was cool. It was fun, but um, I don't have like some big ginormous um, indoor anything. So kind of, uh, you you really want some some uh, room for those plants to grow because they will grow. <laughs> then like you got to worry about uh I even had like one inch tubes going, which isn't that big. I know like the uh, current culture does I think like three inch or four inch tubes running from the the sites the bucket sites, and I had only done like a a one inch tube and. Um, you would get these roots that would grow through the tube and you'd have to, you'd have to go through there and freaking cut it and pull it all the way out of the, when I'm not talking three feet, it's going all the way three, four feet, all the way to the next bucket site. And, uh, Oh man, it was, it was, so it was fun though. I would definitely like to mess around with that again. Um, not the best at like, I'm not the best at um, a lot of the bottled nutrient like in soil. I've, n um, I've never tried any cocoa, um, any cocoa mix in like a, you know, the cocoa, cocoa way. Um, I've had pretty good luck um, with... I guess I'd say almost originally what I started with. Um, also, somewhere in all this stuff, I you know uh, would hang out with like older guys that were kind of doing their thing, and you know I was like the little little grunt and stuff like that, doing all the shitty work. But I was able to peep game back in the day when it was more of a coveted thing, you know, when definitely people weren't talking about it. Um, probably not really teaching too many people either because that's 
you know, that's their bread and butter, I guess, or whatever. It depends on how cool they are. But yeah, so I was able to be around different scenes and kind of learn stuff. And, and uh, I would always pay attention. And so I learned how to make like a good little super soil. Because um, these guys, I mean, this is, there was gross stores back then, but it's like those stories where you hear were like, you would park your car five blocks away from the grow store to go buy a grow lamp or something because you know the detectives and stuff are freaking following people back to their spots and stuff you know so like a lot of uh well these guys anyways like you say you know they're getting they're going to home depot and getting different bags of soil or types of soil mixes that they would you know in perlite and peat moss and stuff and going back and blending their own mixes and um doing like a straight water and so uh so i did uh i ran that type of mixture a lot that was kind of my thing and just would water with the hose you know and my I, I always had one buddy that never believed it man he always thought i was lying to him but he's the same same guy that asked me if uh if I had a seatbelt on my motorcycle, so I didn't really care too much about what, what his opinion was. But, um, yeah, well, I don't even have chat. How do you, where's the chat at, Eagle? Let me see here. Well, you'd have to uh, bring up YouTube, and then that's where the two, Chad is that in the YouTube side of things? Yeah, so, I, probably, I probably won't I, do that. I'm looking at this. Mike's uh, pretty shitty too. <laughs> uh, I'm looking at your hemp fields here, brother, and what, I'm kind of wondering out of like 3,200 hemp plants, uh, you know, what kind of phenol expressions? did you see a wide variety from the same seed stock? You know, I mean, when we think of hemp, you know what I mean? We, I, I would think as a farmer, you know what I mean? That was going to risk it all. You know what I mean? Because there's such a fine line, what is acceptable? What is it? You know what I mean? That the stock would have to be all pretty fucking consistent. So with that being said, did you see a lot of consistency? Did you see a lot of phenotype uh, variant? Uh, how, what, what, what's 3,200 health plants look like, my friend? Um, so the seeds I got from Beacon Hemp, um, they're all, they're female or feminized. Um, uh, so it was the, the Bubba Kush. And uh, so there's a few. So, but the, the Bubba Kush was, man, those things were, were pretty dang uniform and, and stable. Um, short, stocky, uh, Bubba looking plants. I mean, it was crazy. I, I don't know how many, there should be a photo of, of a Bubba on there. Um, uh, just, I mean, it's, it's, 
it's really crazy because I mean it's like uh, if you didn't know it was him, it, it's a freaking nug. I mean, it's you know what I mean. If you didn't know it was him, you would have to smoke it basically to to know the difference or something. I mean, the the, the texture of it a little bit was maybe a little bit different. It maybe uh, it seemed like uh, I don't know if that was strain specific, but maybe like the CBD trichromes are a little bit drier, sandier feeling or something compared to like, I wouldn't say it was too like greasy. Um, but yeah, but those, yeah. So those bubbles were, were very uniform. Um, and then like the Nueves, um, those ones, they, those ones didn't get as big. That was like the last plot that I planted. And, um, I think the, the part of the property that I planted them, uh, maybe the ground needed just a little bit more work or something. Um, I put two, not enough. I, I didn't put enough plants per acreage. If I was to do it again, I would put 1600 plants at least I would, or yeah. Yeah. At least 1600 plants per acre. And, um, and you'd be, you'd be fine. Um, and you know, I, I kind of was like thinking, Oh, you know, I can grow some big old monsters and I don't have to plant a whole bunch. Cause I think they say, you know, it's like probably, they probably some of these seed companies would tell you 1500 to 2,500 plants per acre or something like that. But, you know, like I had put them in the gallon container to start them and I was trying to get a little, you know, earlier start by doing that and trying to grow some, some bigger plants. Um, um, but yeah, but, so it was just, uh, the Bubba's probably turned out, they were, you know, four to six, four to four to five feet, maybe a little over five foot, but like four, four to five feet, um, tall finished and, uh, probably take two people to holding hands to, to go around one. Um, they're nice little stocky plants. Uh, yeah, the Nueves, I didn't, those ones didn't, um, grow that well. And, um, I didn't really see all those seeds were from, from beacon were, um, really uniform. The guy, Nick does some pretty good work. Um, and yeah, I mean, he's like not messing around and, you know, if you are selling seeds that aren't what people are looking for, you're not going to last that long. So and, can I, do you mind if I show, uh, or share, uh, a picture of the the bubba there from your Instagram. Yeah, sure. She she she's pretty flower man for help man. It's, you know Great. that's pretty in my. I wouldn't expect it from my. It's a good looking flower right there. That's what I'm saying. What we're sharing. 
but it says uh, Bubba Hemp. Uh, got a purple tinge to it. She's pretty, you know. So, got some nice trikes there. That, that's a pretty flower for him. I would have never guessed, to be honest. With you. Thank you. Boy, I gotta tell you though, man, that them kind of numbers. I don't I you do really would I don't see how you would have anything time to do anything else. To me, I I'm honestly looking at a uh, through the I look through those pictures and I'm like, that's just waking up, rolling a pocket full of pouch, basically a pouch full of doobies, grabbing some water and walking the fields fucking yeah, so, all day. Just check yeah, and check it out shit. That was a property I was renting or leasing, whatever you want to call it. And I, my, uh, I borrowed a little travel trailer, a little pop, not even a travel trailer, a little pop-up trailer from a, a friend of mine. And I had that out there and me and my dog would sleep out there and I'd get up early in the morning and, and do my watering and stuff. But man, like, I mean, it's not, <laughs> I like that kind of stuff anyway. So it wasn't like really a hardship on me, you know? So it's cool. Um, I'm lucky I didn't, you know, I was, uh, I was getting ready to put like a big old shop up for like a processing facility, um, on that property, you know, cause I was, I eventually wanted to buy the, the place from them, but, um, I don't know if they saw the glimmer in my eye once I knew what I was going to do with that property and they realized, Oh, wow, this is, yeah, you know, this is a, cause they kind of, I think they got it for like a really good deal and it's whatever. But then they really realized the value in it after I kind of showed them. <laughs> it's all good though, man. And so, um, yeah, so kind of just back to real quick, like I told my brother, I was just going to, you know, in, invest in my own happiness for, for a little while, a year or two, three, whatever, you know, just kind of, I need to like do a reset. You know what I mean? Um, I feel like, and just kind of, yeah, I just kind of chill back and go on hiatus for a second, you know, <laughs> really, before I lose my, my mind. <laughs> but I respect uh, that, man. I really did. Yeah, and like, uh, I have like, a, I have uh, some hype strains right now. Me and, you know, a few buddies of mine, my little, my little crew, my little network. Uh, but I've always, or yeah, basically, you know, you're always like, uh, you want to grow what people are looking for. And, and, uh, you know, that's always just kind of been the route I chose, you know, I mean, however it worked out. And so, uh, you know, for uh, all the reasons above, just like, um, it's kind of cool because uh, I don't really, I'm just kind of, worried about myself in a way right now and like uh so just kind of doing my own creations not that i'm right not worried about other people but you know like uh i'm gonna grow some plants that maybe people aren't looking for maybe i'm interested in right now and so and uh i'm not by all means i'm not uh whatever 
you know, I'm not like some seed propagator this or that, but I am watching some of the stuff that's going down and man, I, you know, 20, 20 plus years is something basically <laughs> in this industry, you know what I mean? And I can't just look, look down on that, you know, and let it, and let, uh, watching all this other stuff go down, let it get my, my, uh, motivation down. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I feel like I do. That's why I'm, I kind of, I'm happy to get on here and be able to, um, because nothing happens around in my town and it's kind of like hush, hush, weird little cowboy town type conservative stuff. You know what I mean? Like, uh, um, I don't get to talk to that many people. I don't go to sessions. I don't have time to do that much, you know, between different projects. And so, um, but I like to hear your guys's, you know, yours and your guests ideas and, uh, hoping you guys accept some of mine or can, can maybe give some people some stuff to think about, you know, cause like I said, I do think that my experience might mean something. I mean, shoot, man, you know, why wouldn't it, why not, you know, everyone should. But yeah. So, and you're in, you're in a uh, Michigan. Sorry, I was muted. Yes, sir. Michigan, northern, pretty semi-northern, I guess. I'm about three quarters of the way, maybe a little heavier up the way. But yeah, love Michigan. Definitely a bunch of good community, a good community here, in my opinion. And you've been out, you've been out there for. Uh, this might be a stupid question. Have has anybody ever? Have you ever done like a? interview of yourself or like a, one of these things for like yourself i haven't like looked back that far i feel kind of bad but i shouldn't even be asking that question i should just answer it myself but <laughs> you know there's there's been a couple i've never uh let's see here uh, michigan yep. girls growth show first okay. one uh was the one that kind of got me in front of the camera and kind of got me to tell my story a little bit. Cool. Yeah. I'll have to check that out. I'd be interested in, you know, an Eagles story. Episode <laughs> two, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's a lot more to what I laid down there. But, you know, I. I don't think it'll ever come out, to be honest, with the, the full story. I like that sticker. You see it? Hell yeah. Trimming sucks. <laughs> so, as far as, like, the value of, you know, what we do in our stories and stuff, I like to think that uh, everybody's story has some value, no matter what. You know, yeah. there's lessons in successes and there's lessons in falls. You know what I mean? Uh, one of my mentors, Jim Rohn, used to say the very same thing about, you know, uh, what you'd call successes, man. You can look at a rich man and you can take notes from him. What'd you do right? What'd you do right? But you can look at a broke motherfucker too and be taking notes. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that shit. <laughs> so there's lessons everywhere you look. 
my friend. Oh, man, and like, you aren't, you aren't going to keep me down, man. And so like, uh, I look at, I'm just like, okay, that's one more step towards success because, you know, you look at, I've, you know, I, I, I don't watch like a whole bunch of motivational videos, but I've seen a couple or like people that are successful and like, uh, they fail a lot. You know what I mean? They have big failures and that's like the number one thing they can say is like, get back up and keep on going. You know what I mean? And like, it's just a lesson learned. It's not, you know, I mean, as long as you're able to keep on still going, then, you know, just try to try not to make the lessons as, as expensive, uh, as expensive maybe as I have, you know, some, I'll watch out a little bit there, but like I said, I don't have any kids and I don't have a, a wife or a girlfriend. So, I'm, you know, not that I, you know, that uh, kids are awesome, all that. Um, but, uh, and both my brother and sister have kids and my brother adopted, uh, he has a, his own biological and they adopted, uh, two premature, um, biological twins, a, a boy and a girl. And so, you know, they're all cool. Um, but yeah, that's enough myself. So, you know, people look at me and they're like, man, you're, you know, you do this and you do that or whatever, like with money. And I'm like, man, you guys don't understand. Like, I'm really good at budgeting because I, I grew up with not a lot of money. Hence why I work so much. Cause that there wasn't much at home, you know, feeding and clothing myself and stuff. And so, uh, so, uh, um, so I'm really good at budgeting. And if I work really hard and I budget really good, there's no reason why I shouldn't have, stuff or shouldn't be able to go try business ventures because I mean man you look at people with kids and I don't know how much money they spend you know like come on now you know so I'm not like rich or any, do anything crazy I don't have you know it's just like I said I'm good at budgeting and I work my butt off and that's about it and I don't really like I I uh I love buying tools and, and freaking, uh, you know, different things like that. I don't like buy too, like that's enjoyable for me. That's like, you know, I can't say I don't buy stuff that is unenjoyable or something. Cause that is the stuff that I enjoy. I enjoy buying a good table saw or chop saw or, you know, I got all kinds of little hobbies, you know? So that's pretty cool. Yeah. As we, as I listen to your story, I, we have a lot of common in that kind of area there. I always, I'm, I'm a terrible tool junkie, as anybody that's worked with me in the trades will know. Uh, I always look at that shit as an investment in me. If I can make my job faster and easier, I am down 100%. Yeah, and that's the way I look at it. Is you know, I've always worked for myself, man. It's a, that counts, man. Your time counts. If you can, like I said, make it easier and faster. Fuck. Every time, every job, every tool, you've made yourself more and more of a success in life. Yeah. And yeah. more versatile. <laughs> yeah. And then, like I said, like kind of where I started, like when I first got on is like, uh, I don't know what it is, man, but I just love doing stuff and different things. And, um, uh, so yeah, I just, I find myself doing all kinds of crazy stuff. And like lately 
Um, I'm a really, you know, <laughs> believe it or not, some of you viewers out there, I'm a really uh, giving person. And like, um, man, if I what, could just get myself in the position, you know, financially or with the roof over my head, <laughs> whatever, to like where I could just give my whole life. Well, sign me up, but that probably isn't going to happen. But anyways, when I can, I like to give. And so lately, uh, like my friend opened a, a juice bar. No, he, ha he had a juice bar, but he moved it. Um, he moved it to a different location and he started cooking hot food and stuff like that. So I built in this cool little like a uh, little uh, box that has the name of this restaurant, like carved out but it's backlit with these little string lights that change the different colors and it kind of like glows and so I did that for them and had a, a um, long time good friend uh, moved to Nevada and so I made um, made her kids uh, same type of deal with their name for their bedrooms uh, just gifts i got like uh <laughs> like i find myself doing stuff where i'm like what the heck am i doing <laughs> Man. um uh you know i got like uh i don't know three hours into this thing right now and whatever in the materials and stuff like that and it's a gift for some guy on instagram that i don't even know but he was cool enough to send me some um some stickers and when he sent me the stickers he sent me this little homemade knife that he made and so i was like oh that is freaking that's pretty badass you know and i think he even called it like a little clone cutter or something like that but it's a nice little freaking sticker man or nice little uh knife yeah and so um so i said hey man i want to do something for you no i always see him online offering like hey man if anybody wants these lighters and he's not even like some big old company he's just some cool guy you know from up north and uh and uh so i've been working on this like a uh, little sign i'll show you real quick yeah it's made out of like That's a badass man a cedar round wow Brand. Nice, nice. Yeah, so there's like the little uh, Humboldt County, uh, you know, thing right there. And I hope he likes it. I don't know if like he just told me the name and uh, he doesn't even, it's not even like actual brand yet. Maybe I don't know. And so I uh, hope he doesn't mind him showing this on here. <laughs> but, uh, and so, um, so I don't know. So I kind of had Super to cool. make it all up. And I know that he's like into hunting and stuff. Hence, kind of like these little like target lines around the county line and stuff. But uh, I think it's backwards for the computer or maybe not. But Humboldt, yeah, so pretty cool. But yeah, I mean, like just, you know, why not, man? Like he was cool enough to send me something extra when I just asked for a sticker. So, you know, like, heck yeah, man. Super cool. Super cool. I think, you know, craft stuff like that kind of go like a little bit with our, our cannabis. We spend so many hours, you know, in our gardens, 
going over our plants hours in total hours into a crop you know what i mean no way no way reflection flower and the same thing goes with the projects like that like you said man hours probably laying it out then you know gouging carving things out coloring it in finishing it Finishing don't happen overnight. You know, you got multiple coats, sanding in between, and then you turn around and you know what I mean. There's no you. You oh just God. appreciative that somebody loves it. You know what I mean. The money's kind of a bonus. You're more or less happy that somebody's got some value in what you well, did. I don't know if that's same for you. Yeah, that's no. That's that's just the total gift. He's not. There's no money involved in that. So. I hope he does like it. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, all, the, all those gifts, all those, like, those little signs I said I've been making and stuff, I mean, fuck me, I probably could have sold them for a couple hundred bucks a piece, honestly, but it didn't really cost me much. I'm creative. I can take some old, I mean, lumber is pretty expensive right now, you know, but other than that, whatever. So it's cool. Like I said, man, like, that's – not to sound all cheesy or whatever, but that's like the stuff that warms my heart. You know what I mean? Like, you know, so that's cool. Yep. So. Yeah. So I, uh, I 100% agree, man. I 100% agree. You know, like I kind of said a little bit earlier, man, we have a lot of parallels. I, I, I spent a lot of time in the kitchen myself woodworking and i cut trees for a living tree surgeon as well so a lot of cool parallels we got here brother i don't know for you but as far as like the cooking transition i was like the beautiful days got to me and at one point i was like fuck this kitchen i gotta be out there <laughs> and that was the end of you know cooking i still appreciate it but man fuck being in that kitchen man that's what I say. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And then just trying other stuff too, I guess for me, you know, and then once it's hard too. once you work for yourself, um, <laughs> man, it's hard for other people. Whew. Not that, I mean, I'm, I'm a great worker. That's either way, whether, whether it's for myself or for someone else, you know what I mean? I'm going to be a good worker, but yeah, I actually did a, so I've been kind of doing like construction and stuff on the side, just picking up a little side work when I need it, you know, not, not too much. Um, but I was doing concrete, uh, for like, I did like six months or something right around there, maybe eight months or something. Um, I kind of got hired on as like a fill in position to run some equipment. Um, and I ended up, doing a lot of uh the other like uh form work and <laughs> might be a picture on my instagram dude like this really really pretty cool stuff um but it wasn't really what i was hired to do and you know i didn't want that much responsibility and so i uh yeah i wasn't looking for that many hours either you know it went from like a fill-in kind of job to where i'm working 40 50 hours a week and i was like man i'm <laughs> You know, and, the, and like the boss is starting to really depend on me almost and stuff. And I'm like, ah, you know, not really what I'm wanting right now. 
so that kind of sucked. I would have liked to keep on going a little bit with that, but just not not uh, not the right time for me right now. Anyways, but that was some pretty fun stuff. Yeah, so I've done a lot. I did you know roofing probably when I was like uh, maybe around fifteen or something like that. The first roof I worked on was like a twenty-four and twelve A frame, and I was the the uh, the gopher packing all the shingles up there. That was pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah. 24 and 12, people don't know what that means. It's like every 12 inches, it goes over horizontal. It goes 24 inches vertical. So that's your pitch. So it's the roof was like an A-frame, like, you know, so I'm walking on like two by sixes. I think they had like these little witch hooks or something they called you know that they put on the side and so you're like walking on the side and you're basically touching the roof right here walking on these little boards packing shingles that was fun you know got into like a couple uh beehives and stuff have them chasing you like on the ridge of the roof <laughs> so um but yeah shoot yeah a little bit of construction, um, and I don't know exactly where I'll go from here. Kind of nice having options, I guess. I can go full-time with construction. I could probably go back to that uh, concrete gig, because I left on good terms. I just you know, told boss that I kind of had to go finish up some stuff that I needed to complete, and so it's all good. Um, so we'll see. Mm -hmm. Not too sure. So I'm curious, you know, we kind of always heard, you know, uh, the old video killed the radio star. Did recreational kill the grow store? Um. Yeah, you know, for some reason, there's people that really like to go to dispensaries for some reason. <laughs> um, that maybe the convenience of it or something. Um, and strange enough, maybe it's just because I'm not around enough people, like in my community. Excuse me, you know, there's just not a, enough of us in my community. But um, ooh, kind of feel awful for saying this, but and I'm not like, but I just realized that there wasn't as many people as passionate, and there wasn't enough people as passionate about the plant as I was, and you know I just whether I was lying to myself for the first five years, trying to just, oh, it's going to work, it's going to work, whatever. But like when people, and I, like I said, I have no problem. I use dry amendments in, in certain scenarios, but when people aren't really, they're just, you know, Budweiser, um, palette or something, you know what I mean? They're not, you know, I realized that I was a lot more passionate than I than I ever knew. 
<laughs> kind of helped me realize that. Um, you know, and like I gave people really good deals and it's like, it was just crazy, man. It'd be weird because it was like the wrong time. You know, a lot of the hydro shops or grow stores, whatever you want to call them, a lot of them were getting consolidated. They're getting bought out if they're big enough to actually um, be a contestant then they're going to be probably made an offer by a bigger company that's going to want to um, buy them out. You know what I mean? I see a lot of consolidation in that, in that market, you know? Um, and I feel sorry for a lot of like, so like this, then if you're not big enough to really even be considered a competitor, they're probably just going to run you to the ground, you know? Um, might sound weird, but I know, uh, uh, a guy just opened a grocery store, um, you know, near me. And he was like, man, I wish I could have got a hold of you before I opened this place. Cause I had some questions to ask. And I was like, man, I really wish you would have too. Cause I would have told you not to do it. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's just, you know, it's probably not going to work. And I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but I would have told you what I put into it. And, you know, never paying myself for five years of freaking five years of five days a week going to work and not getting paid. Crazy. You know what I mean? Like, can't do it again. It's just, yeah, so insane. So, yeah, I had like a big company mess yeah, with that's... me. Wild. I had to like take this company basically almost to court. Like we had attorneys and stuff like that. And I ended up basically winning the case, but it was one of those pay to prove that you're right type of freaking things. You know what I mean? Like, you know, and in like in business, customer is always right for the most part. You know what I mean? Unless they're completely wrong. <laughs> But in business, that's how you should, that's how business should go. You know what I mean? And, um, and so I'm this bigger company's customers. That's all I am. I'm buying stuff from them to sell to my customers, you know? So I, I would have thought that, uh, they would have had some kind of freaking, you know, they would have wanted to not transpire what happened. You know what I mean? Uh, but yeah, they didn't care about me. And I saw that. And like, I had to, like I said, uh, you know, prove my innocence and like that I didn't do anything wrong. And that is basically like a, a, um, a screwy salesman that did stuff he wasn't supposed to do, <laughs> but that was all on my dime. <clears throat> and like, uh, that less left a real nasty taste in my mouth with that type of stuff. Yeah. And so, yeah, a lot of these businesses are getting, consolidated by the bigger ones and then the smaller guys are shutting down i know that this um this uh this dude that just opened his shop um he's been having a heck of a time getting orders in and so it's like but yet you can go on the internet and and order the same stuff that he's not being able to stock so it's like this whole game that these bigger guys are playing and you know Everybody loves the internet and it's convenient and stuff. And, you know, it is a thing. It's, it's here. It's now, I don't think it's ever leaving or I know it's never leaving, but 
people don't understand that, man. Like once you shut down all those mom and pop shops and that you become dependent on these, on mail-in orders, well, supply and demand, baby. Watch the prices go up because that's the only place you can get it, unfortunately. So, yeah. But uh, he's getting, like, screwed with. I'm watching on the orders. And uh, I, I think it's intentional. Clear, I mean, honestly, I, I do. You know what I mean? Business is dirty, man. Like, it's a dog-eat-dog world. And if you don't believe that, then you probably shouldn't be in business because whether that's how you live your life, you have to know that's how other people act. I'm a godly man. I was raised um, with religion in my life. And, um, and I'm almost 40 years old. And it was only up until about three years ago that I realized um, I came across like a, you know, the ultimate investor business opportunity in this whole thing. Just what I thought I was looking for. Um, you know, these people had a license and they needed someone to do better than what was happening at the time. And uh, anyways, long story short, they told me, and it, I don't mean like, I'm not going to think less of people that don't believe in a God or whatever, or religion or anything like that. But um, it just struck me really strange because these people like had really good money and um they were cool and everything but they told me we don't believe in god <laughs> like i believe in god and that's probably what has um if i didn't believe in god man that's i have morals and all that stuff i believe because of that so if i didn't believe in god you know i treat people right because i believe in god um <laughs> so when they told me they didn't believe in God, it, you know, I'm, I'm saying, you know, I was what, 35 years old or something when, when I heard this and for the first time in my life, I go, whoa, there's people out there in the world that it just kind of like made me realize that like, wait a minute, I believe in God and that's how my business practice will kind of be. But they just told me they don't. So I should now understand that that's how their business practice is going to be, right? And it scared the crap out of me. And it really made me realize, like, wow, I need to wash my butt because, you know, maybe everything's not all happy, freaking like I would hope it would be, you know? I don't know if that makes sense or not. But, and like, not that just because you don't believe in God, I'm not going to want to do business. But maybe it was just like in the pretext that they said it or, However, it went down, but gave me like an eerie feeling like, you know, I mean, I believe one day that, you know, you will be judged. And if there's people that don't believe that they'll be judged, then holy crap, watch out because, wow, you know, it might hurt you. So. I don't know how I got there, but yeah. So no, no, I was telling a potential guest today. You know, uh, he was talking about. Well, I want to sit down and you know, 
I basically put myself some cliff notes so I don't, you know, kind of ramble off. And I'm like, dude, some of the best stuff comes from the rambles, to be honest with you, including what you just, the path you just went down. So, you know, I appreciate it. I appreciate what you just said. There's a lot of truth. Yeah, and I don't have, like I said, it's, I don't really, I'm, like whatever, I'm a whatever floats your boat kind of person, you know what I mean? Like, I don't really, I'm not, the, I'm not a judgmental person. I hope no one judges me, you know. Um, they can call me out, <laughs> but I hope they don't judge me for my actions. And so, um, but, uh, but yeah, uh, it just really surprised me. So, but yeah, so. Um, over the years, I've been doing a lot of um, clone growing, um, you know, all the name brand cool stuff. Um, always a little skeptical of doing seeds, especially, um, you know, regular seeds, because the phenotypical um, expressions that you're going to get, and you know, there are, might have slight differences in looks in the same variety which isn't going to help and so uh so uh now that i'm kind of just relaxing and not really worried about too much <laughs> um like i started some some seeds you know some cool different seeds um and i really just kind of want to mess around with that and uh i don't know find something that i'll stick with for a while you know what i mean something that um, I'm kind of like a, I like the gassier, um, earthy terps. I kind of like that. Um, I had a mochi cut, uh, for a little bit that had like a, you know, like good coffee, um, coffee grounds, you know, terp profile. Um, and I think there's like a green source gardens on Instagram and they have, um, they have a variety and they're actually going to release it soon. I believe for the first time of their coffee spelt with a K. So I don't know, but I'd be interested in that because I kind of like that, that, uh, kind of bold, um, nose to it. Um, so yeah, that'd be pretty fun. I'm doing so some, uh, we kind of took. I didn't. I was just gonna ask you, man. We took off a little quickly there. What? Where? What are you smoking on tonight? Oh, I'm smoking on some, um, some of last year's outdoor watermelon skittles. I was giving it to as a watermelon skittle, the plant. Um, yeah, I like. I think I did like two plants of it and uh, uh, two different parts of the yard. And this is like the part of the yard that I didn't like. <laughs> but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm running low here. I'm running low, Eagle. I need some pretty fresh smoke here pretty soon. But uh, yeah, I'm doing like a little light depth project right now. So I'll have have some um fresh smoke here hopefully pretty soon if everything goes right um but yeah 
I don't know. My picture is good on this thing. I don't know. I can't. You're getting better than I would. That's for sure. The cameras are so tough to get to focus. I don't it's know why they just won't work with it. Yeah, it's nothing to show off. I mean, it's it's not bad at all. It does the trick. Um, it's gotten a little dark because it's eight months old or whatever. But, you know, it's not bad. It does the trick for now. It's just uh, I've been smoking it since harvest, and so it's like uh, I'm ready for I'm ready for a little something new. So. Switching up the varieties every once in a while. But fix it myself. Yeah, so uh I got um some red velvet runs from Lit Farms. Uh have you heard of Lit? Yep, the lost in, lost in translation. Um they're pretty cool. Uh, the beans were popped like uh, no more than two weeks uh, behind the first rotation. And the, um, but the plants are uh, so I, you know, I don't know. I feel like plants that were, and I don't even know how, how the lit farms produce these seeds, but um. I, I think uh, like seeds that are grown or produced hydroponically kind of like maybe would be better grown out hydroponically and uh, seeds that were like made in like a, maybe like an organic type soil or a soil media um, maybe be better like that i don't know like i don't know if it's just me i don't have the most experience with it but it just kind of seems like <clears throat> when you're getting seeds um maybe it might be something to pay attention to you know what i mean because it seems like these have like a, a little bit slower start so i don't know how like how they're created i don't know how so i'm running some seeds from from lit farms i'm running some um from a from surfer seeds it's got the tropicana cookies times trophy wife um and some from sin city seeds the um alpine guava which is the uh it's like a guava nightmare i don't know they're the the white nightmare from Sin City Seeds is pretty legit. I had a buddy that did it a couple of years ago. Um, so we'll see how those go. Then I got like a, actually, let's see what else. Some vanilla gelatos. <laughs> gelato, gelato, everything gelato. But yeah, whatever. It's good. That's why it's around. So vanilla gelato and then uh, 
I got like a little freebie pack. I don't even know if it had the company name on it, but um, of the the guava gelato. Yeah, so I have like a a guava nightmare, which is called Alpine. Uh, I lost it. I got I get all mixed up, man. I got a lot, a lot of different varieties. Of the Alpine, what I say it was, um, crap. I can't brain flutter, but um, yeah. So, a few different kinds of those. That's pretty cool. And then, uh, yeah. Point break. Yeah. Yep. We'll see. That's quite a few. That's quite a few to have going all at once. That's a nice little library. Cheers down there. Yeah, so um, I think all except for the Point Breaks by Surfer Seeds, the rest of them were female. So I was um, able to just be, I didn't have to like pop a whole pack and pick out the, you know, not be sure how many I'm going to end up with type of pop extra type deal. You know, I mean, I was able to kind of, just pop the ones that I needed. So, uh, yeah, we'll see though. But, um, yeah, uh, it's all, uh, you know, I've grown, so I've grown indoor. I've grown in like little tunnel hoop stuff. Um, not like full on greenhouses, like nothing automated or anything like that. So, um, I, so it's kind of like a little tunnel structure um indoor and, and outdoor you know they're all kind of have their own little um little perks or little you know it's kind of cool being in the greenhouse in the middle of the night with the, the cover pulled and you got lights and you're working and you know it's, it's night all it's <laughs> full on night outside outside and you're uh in there just working away you know, kind of like how it is with the indoor, but it's kind of cool, uh, like in a greenhouse scenario, because, you know, I've never, I've never even like been into like a huge um, indoor operation, you know what I mean? So for me, like a biggest inside operation, I'd consider like a, a covered greenhouse that has lights on, you know what I mean? Because you're not like technically outside, you know, so... So that's always like cool, you know. I mean, it's just kind of fun. Um, out, out, straight outdoors, like full season stuff is um, pretty fun, you know. Grow some big old plants, kind of old school grower, I guess maybe call it because uh, you know, like the whole plant count thing. So you know. <laughs> for the guys that have been growing for a while, it's like, and you stuck to like a plant count because you're fortunate enough to have like a, a, you know, a county that was cool enough to give you, you know, that um, you learn to grow bigger plants because like they didn't say how big the plant could be. They just said how many you could have. And so um, kind of keeping that spirit going, you know I mean? I see a lot of these, this new, commercial recreational whatever licensed cannabis you know growing 
there's nothing wrong with that. I totally understand why they're doing it, but growing a million plants instead of some bigger ones and stuff. And like I said, I understand why they're doing it, but, um, you know, it's, <laughs> I mean, there's nothing like watching something grow twice as tall as you in one season. You know what I mean? It's insane. Um, so, so everyone should do it at least once in their life. Quite, quite the experience. I completely agree, brother. I mean, that's why I kind of asked you about the recreational and the growth thing, because I have seen since recreational has been around me, almost a good portion of the growth source around me kind of fold up. And I think uh, in a lot of ways, uh, that cuts a lot of people off for the most genuine thing. I heard you mention earlier, you, know, you don't find people are as, uh, pa as passionate about the plant as you are. And I think they because I think that's 100% because they've never tried to actually cultivate the plant, to be honest with you. I've said a million times, there's a lot of power, there's a lot of medicine to it. But I think the greatest medicine of it actually comes from the cultivation side of it. Being in your room, spending time with your plants. You know, there's something about just being able to, the can-do attitude. You know what I mean? I can do this. You know what I mean? It gives you that, you know, <laughs> gives you that energy from head to toe. You know what I mean? And when it comes down to your medicine, that's an even stronger healing power. You know what I mean? And I think a lot of people actually, by going to the dispensaries, are robbing themselves, not only of a great experience, but a spiritual experience as well. Because as you stumble and fall in the garden, you tend to stumble as you're learning of what you're doing wrong in your garden. You're kind of going, well, I see the parallels in life here. <laughs> you know what I mean? I can see a lot of the same thing. So I think uh, as people cultivate, they learn a fucking lot about themselves. And you know what I mean? And cultivate themselves as they cultivate the plant. I've said a million times, my dream is kind of similar to yours, man. I could actually do it nonprofit and not give a fuck, but I would like to do it on a rehab type uh kind of thing where I was working with people with anxiety, drug addictions, you know what I mean? Because you could use the cannabis to get them off and then you could use the cultivation to kind of set them back on the right path. You know what I mean? So recreational totally. is killing a lot of it. Yeah, it's unfortunate. But yeah, ther therapeutical wise, I think I just made up a new word, therapeutical. Is that a word? I don't know. <laughs> um, I was just talking to my buddy's dad the other night about that, um, telling him how much of a savior it's been in my life because, you know, I, I wilded out when I was younger and like, uh, but by, by having this in my life and, and really having the, the love for it that I do, it's, um, I don't, I don't go out. I don't want to go out and go party. And like, I have to, I know, um, 
you know, like when you, when you got an indoor going on, you know, like, Hey, I got to go make sure whatever, you know, either pumps are going or my hand is watering or I got to make sure the lights are on or what, you know, you got to do what you got to do. And so you're not out there horsing around, uh, you know, and it's like, uh, for me, that was a good thing. You know, it kept me really grounded. Um, honestly. <laughs> and so, uh, that that's been really great. And just, you know, having to like take care of something, you know, kind of helps you. Yeah, definitely probably start thinking about yourself and getting on a good schedule for yourself. And, you know, so I have a friend that's kind of been going through some hard times lately and you know, I think he's been drinking and stuff like that. And, uh, and, uh, maybe a real stressful life, you know, he's got a big, big load. He's, um, adopted a whole bunch of kids and he's doing a really good job at parenting them. But as everyone knows, um, parenting is hard and stuff. And so, yeah, anyways, I think he's, uh, you know, sipping on the bottle probably more than he should. And, uh, I myself have like maybe actually in the past couple of years, I've probably had one drink a year or something like I, I used to say like one drink a year or two drinks a year, but it's not even really becoming that anymore. Like I just, I don't even, I, I don't, I'm not a drinker, you know, at all really. So, um, so I, um, I'm, I'm a real shy, shy guy, but when you get to know me or if I'm in front of a camera that I can't really be face to face with, <laughs> I could talk a lot. And, and I found that a lot of people are like, um, that was one cool thing about my garden stores. I had great relationships with the customers that I did have, you know, and like I had this one uh, older lady come in one time and by the end of the talk, she's crying and telling me she's never told anybody some of the stuff that she just told me and just talking about life and stuff like that, you know, and so uh uh, I think, it, you know, I'm real empathetic. I can put myself in other people's shoes and stuff like that. So I'm real understanding. But um, what was I saying? Uh, crap. Being able to put yourself in other people's shoes and be pretty yeah. understanding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I forgot where I, right, what I was saying right before that, but, um, uh, dang it, I totally lost it. My bad. But, um, shoot. Lost, lost before, that one. Before the, before that, you were kind of talking about, uh, your, uh, friend there taking on the extra responsibilities. Oh. Okay. Yeah. So, so, um, I end up opening up to people and maybe it makes them feel more comfortable about opening up with me. But for whatever reason, um, my, my relationships, um, are like that, you know, my, the real relationships I have in my house, in my life, I'm able to talk to, to people on a, on a real, real note, you know? So anyways, this guy's, you know, he's telling me he's kind of going through a tough time and, and, um, and I know he hasn't been able to grow his own garden because, um, he's been adopting kids and, you know, he had, can't, just can't do it. You know what I mean? And, it's, you know, respect. So, uh, so he's able to now they're fully adopted all that, you know, he's good to go. 
um so i asked him hey man you you know i got a couple extra babies if if you uh you want them and he's like oh yeah i do he's like that's super cool and i was like all right yeah we'll get together and i'll give them to you and like um we met up but he never uh he never kind of said anything about him uh you know like uh, and so after we met up he's like oh yeah i i actually i really wanted to to before we met up i was going to bring the plants because this is a couple of days later after i told him that he um or asked him if he wanted them um and so I was thinking oh, I should bring him. I should bring him these right now. You know, got them like all set aside, ready to take for him. And then it clicked in my mind. I go, you know what? Uh, I hope I wasn't too pushy with these things. I'm like probably a real self-critical on myself, you know. So, and I probably overthink a lot of stuff way too much. But so I was thinking, you know, I don't. I don't want to be pushy. I know this guy's really busy. I don't want to give him anything else on his plate. Um, it wasn't like he asked for them, you know, I offered and even though he said yes, what do I know, maybe he said it just to, to be nice, you know what I mean? Or he wasn't thinking or, you know, and so I didn't, for some reason, I just didn't want to feel pushy, you know, and so he actually brought it up, um, you know, that he was looking forward to having them and stuff, and I, you know, and I, and I, it made me feel good because I go, hey, man, I'm glad you said that because, it wasn't like I forgot about you or anything. It's just I kind of needed that. I wanted to hear it from you that you're. That's. I mean, that's 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 the start. You know, what I mean, if someone pushes something on you and you don't want to do it, you know, you can lead a horse to water. But <laughs> and so, um, so he's all stoked, man, and and uh, and he's, you know, he's a lot like me, and so um, we were talking about, you know. I hope it's real ther therapeutic for him. You know what I mean? And he's, he's aware that it, you know, there, there's that, that the possibility of it being, um, cause who knows what's for sure in life, but <laughs> you know, um, so I'm stoked, man, you know, and he's, Oh yeah, what's this one called? And what's this one called? And I'm like, yeah. And so I'm happy, man. Cause I hope that, uh, Maybe in one small way I can help a little bit, you know. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I really think that's super cool because alcohol can be a slippery slope for one. But you know, I want to give I want to give your buddy a huge amount of props, man. It takes a big heart and a big fucking uh, person to take on the responsibility to help some, you know, kids off the street, give them a home, give them a little bit of guidance. You Dude, know, he adopted a responsibility. He adopted Even like a whole, like five kids at one and it was insane. Like then they, and they had gone through like bad, 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 bad stuff. You wouldn't wish it on anybody, even your worst enemy. And these kids have gone through that. And so he took on took them all on and I, I was you know same as like when my brother adopted um his kids I was like wow you know that's 
that's that means a lot, you know. But that's awesome. There's people like that in the world, you know. Yeah. So, and if I can, if I can help them, and they're helping out everybody, and we're all helping each other, then shoot, man. <laughs> right. Right now. Right now, that's what it's about. That's what it's supposed to be about, anyway. You wouldn't have to worry about yourself if everyone else is worrying about you, and you're worried about them. And <laughs> yeah, pipe dreams, right? You know, I, I think it's funny. I've noticed a lot lately that I think we yearn to be there. To be honest with you, I think it's just the powers that be that kind of keep us trapped in what they built up you know what i mean what i mean the nine to fives you gotta do this you gotta make that money 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 when all of most of the people i talk to at least in cannabis just fucking want to have fucking an acre or two couple of animals a garden and just be, you know what I mean? Almost go back a hundred fucking years to where we are worried about each other. We just want to trade off and you know what I mean? Why does it, why do we have to make it so difficult to where it was, it was never so, you know, we're, I think we're starting to figure it out anyway. Yeah. My uh, grandma had property like, like in the national park, basically like around that, you know, the border, um, and uh, it was probably like 10 years ago. I don't know what was going on in the world, but we're all talking. And she goes, you know, if it gets really bad, we'll all just have to come up to the cabin and kind of live live like back in the days. <laughs> Instantly, both me and my brother look at each other and we're like, why does the world have to end for that to happen? <laughs> <laughs> You know, so just, yeah, the mentality, I don't know, you know, it's understandable because people just get caught up in this, this thing, but, you know, yeah, life's short, man. I lost both my parents like 10 years ago and, uh, you know, they were young in their fifties. So I don't, you know, who knows how long you got today tomorrow 10 20 years who knows but there's no guarantee you know i don't know yeah i don't know i try to be grateful daily for i think that's the key too you know what i mean i have honestly found the more i am grateful the less i have to worry about shit <laughs> it just seems to kind of flow i i know it, it sounds incredibly silly to a lot of people but there's a lot of a lot of books and studies that have been put forth to like say the art of letting go you know what i mean and i for me a lot of that i'm not gonna lie to you had a little bit to do with some uh some mushrooms the psilocybin path you know what i mean but in that also was the cultivation side of things organics realizing exactly you know i was 
this big in the grand scheme of things. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that in itself, you know, was very healing. Very healing to know that, you know, I wasn't in control of nearly of what I was it thought I was in control of or was it any of it that fucking important? You know what I mean? Once I realized that it kind of let go of it all, life felt better. <laughs> you know what I mean? It really did. Yeah, man. Heck yeah. It feels, that's just like the, that could be a big load, a big burden. Yeah. Stress is not a good thing, brother. It's not good to stress. No, no, and, you know, and that's we waste so much time in there too. You know, I I seen somebody fucking just losing their mind about an internet order the other day. God damn it, it was supposed to be there two weeks ago. I got a fucking email today and it ain't going to be there for another two weeks. I'm like, look at you. There's nothing you can do about it. They understand. You know what I mean? You're literally killing yourself with cortisol right now. And that's the only thing you're doing. You can change nothing else. <laughs> you can literally change nothing else. You know what I mean? And that's the same thing that goes with grudges, worrying in general, watching somebody pull out the driveway. Are they going to be hurt today? You can't change any of that. You might as well just let, let go, wish them the best, and not put yourself through the torture and the angst of either the anger, the sadness, or whatever. You know what I mean? You might as well just be living the moment be grateful for everything along the path. And I'm telling you, these weren't easy words for me to learn, man. Life had to happen. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I thank goodness I learned, I've learned a lot from cannabis. 100%. She's been there through for me forever. forever. Yeah. Just, man, this energy is just so draining. I mean, it takes so much to be negative, it seems like, and the dislike stuff and uh you know if i don't like something i'm not even gonna think about it enough to think about how much i don't like it like that's <laughs> you know what if you don't like why even waste your time like yeah just yeah on on and over with the negative stuff yeah but um yeah man you ever been able to travel in life or that much or anything? No, honestly, I've done a little bit of traveling, but not a whole lot. That kind of deals back into part of the story that people have never heard or may never hear. But it's been, a, I've lived a pretty crazy path, you know. And several times I've been left to fend for myself, I guess ages yep and uh, so through the mix of again thank goodness for cannabis helping me keep me alive and keeping me sane 
through some really rough times to having an insta family to where I, you know, everything went to that. You know what I mean? I always put the my girls before anything, you know, long hours and stuff like that. So, you know, traveling, seeing the world and that, you know, I've tried to take, take my girls to see as much as I can, but getting out and doing a lot of stuff, you know, I'm kind of, I'm on a weird process of life that you're talking about right now. I'm telling you, we've had I've, a lot of similarities in the, in our journeys that I can see myself. But right now the doors are opening up. My, uh, my oldest just had my first grandbaby. My youngest just graduated from high school. The doors of just freedom in general are kind of opening up and I'm looking at life going, what, what next? Where am I gonna go? What, you know, this is, I've worried about all the above all these years and now it's time to kind of pick off some of the wonderful things that I've wanted to worry about in life now so some of that travel I'm thinking is on, on in my path for the near future so I mean it hasn't happened yet but I'm optimistic that it will happen hopefully. yeah yeah I haven't done too much traveling myself I went to Hawaii uh for like a week uh, with a, a girlfriend um, that was like the first trip I ever really took like out of the um, state and then um, and then uh, I went me my brother and sister were uh, we went to Spain like the end of 2018 before any of the craziness started and all that <laughs> so it was like things were normal and it's pretty cool and so, uh, man, that I'll remember that trip forever. You know, it was it was cool, and it didn't really cost too much, man. I, I know a lot of people want to. I mean, yeah, it does cost some money, but it's not as much as people think to really to go. You know, um, on a little little adventure, and uh, it was a pretty fun trip. You know, I had been following this guy. Um, Sean, a wandering vagabond, a wandering vagabond, on uh, Instagram. He's a pretty cool character, and I had been following him. And uh, he was like, uh, "Yeah, I'll be in Spain um, around this time or whatever." And I was like, "Hey, man, I'll be in Spain too." And I didn't know the guy, you know what I mean? And uh, but I'm like, you know, we should meet up, freaking burn one or whatever, you know, and. Uh, so it freaking actually it actually turned out we met up like in Barcelona and uh he had some connect where freaking we you know like because I didn't know my way around there or nothing I'm in another country man <laughs> and I didn't do my homework or I didn't even know they had dispensaries or what you know and so like he um knew someone from the States that knew this place over there. And so we were able to go into this dispensary and like, you know, we go in and show them probably like my ID and my, maybe my passport, I'm not sure or whatever, but, and uh, it was like nine o'clock at night or something, you know, 
And um, so we got in like, it's kind of like the same thing, like in, you know, California, uh, some of the dispensaries or these little pop-up dispensaries, you know, they'd have like a little front room that you'd go and do your paperwork and then they'd let you through like the second door, you know, the locked one where you can go back and be able to look at the stuff that they had on the shelves. And so, uh, so it was the same deal. So we go in there and they're like, yeah, we need to see your IDs and this and that. And he's like, yeah, I'm so-and-so. And you guys know the student and they're like, okay. And uh, so we need your IDs, but you guys can't go in because it's already closed, but you can go ahead and get registered so that you can come in like first thing tomorrow if you want to. Like, oh man, yeah, okay. It's, you know, it's late, we understand. So we give them our, our IDs and stuff and they're like, all right, go ahead, go through, you know, go through the second door and we're like, or like maybe they said we can go check it out or something. I don't know exactly. Yeah, maybe they just let us go back there to check it out, but ended up, you know, we were good to go. So we got some um, some flour. I think that picture is on my Instagram, me and Sean, the dreadhead guy. And uh, sitting there in Spain, we each got our own big old spliff, smoking it up, dude, just like loving it. I was able to get some like, um, what do they call it? Like uh, double or triple A Moroccan hash when I was when I was there. So I'd smoke like a lot of hash with uh, tobacco, you know, you just like kind of put a little uh, snake in there or whatever of the cigarette, you know. And, and like you just smoke it on the streets. It wasn't like a freaking big deal or anything. You know what I mean? Where I did it. <laughs> but no, it, it wasn't a big deal. Like you would sit there like when you're eating dinner, like I, like one of the first nights we got there, we're like rolling up. Um, we're like at this little, this little cafe type thing, getting some hamburgers and we're sitting there rolling up um, stuff right at the dinner table outside of this place as we order burgers and we sit there and, spark up and you know i mean smells like hash or weed or whatever you know what i mean but like, no no one it's nothing you know and so that was cool so a lot of hash but it was nice just to get some actual flour um because smoking for 20 years yeah going without sucks <laughs> the only other time i quit for uh was when i went to hawaii I couldn't find anything when I was out there. Went to actually Kauai and um, couldn't find anything. And uh, I was like, man, when I get back, I'm going to freaking be smoking so much, taking so many bong rips and all this and that. And I came back after a week and I took one hit, man, and I was freaking gone. It was crazy. Um, Yeah didn't smoke as much as I thought I would have and so uh yeah so it was, it was nice to get the the flower in Spain and that was really neat um my sister just got back so uh spur of the moment freaking she went to like um was it like uh Greece I think like the Coliseum's at and all that just freaking out of the blue you know, 
she texts me. She's like, hey, you got any uh, you got any euros from our trip? I'm like, huh? She's like, yeah, I need them for when I go to Greece. <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about? Are you freaking like, did you bunk your head or something? <laughs> you know, I mean, I had no idea what she was talking about. And uh, just turned out that she um, said, I, wa- I wanted to, uh, I, wa- I kept, always told myself I'm going to go and I never go. And so I'm just, just going. She went by herself. She made it there safe. She's back safe. Had a really good time. Got to drink some coffee over there. She's like the coffee person. She said the culture is a little bit different. I haven't yet to talk to her about what she meant. Like she meant, I think she meant specifically the coffee culture. So I think, uh, be interested to hear hear that so uh taking it no starbucks um well yeah i wish i would have went with her but uh pulling tarp so i can't right now but um man yeah i i would say to anybody that has a chance or even you know take the chance make, make the chance of being able to go and see a different get out of like this country too. Um, that was like trippy, especially growing up at like in a little mountain town, just going to the city alone is a shock. So it's like, uh, you know, you get that, it's just being around big old skyscrapers and stuff. I only see big trees like that. I don't see skyscrapers. So that was a shock. And then like the culture shock from going to a whole other country, that was crazy really weird like everyone drank i even drank i even drank over there (laughs) but i didn't see one fight i was there on my birthday too that was pretty cool got to celebrate my birthday in spain with my brother and sister but um i didn't see one fight no yelling no bar craziness i think all the drinks all the beer was like um it must have been like really low alcohol or something because like I wasn't even getting drunk or anything. It was weird, (laughs) but it was cool. You know what I mean? To see that much drinking going on and then, I mean, shoot, in America, you'd have all kinds of craziness. But they didn't have that much craft beer over there, it seemed like. And I ended up going to a craft beer place over there, and it was these guys from America, and they freaking – they were killing it and i was like oh shit you guys are gonna get everybody way too drunk over here <laughs> they're gonna start being bar fights and shit that's like somewhere i mean but really yeah so yeah but so how long ago was that? I mean, cannabis is very quickly changing. And I think Spain is one of those places that they're becoming a little more cannabis-friendly. How long ago? And do you think you'd go back if the market changed? Yeah, that was 2018, uh, the end of 2018. Um, and I had, I didn't, I would love to go to Spanibus. You know what I mean? I think that'd be really cool. Uh, but um yeah i mean like like i said like um it was there you know cannabis was definitely there it just was like 
it was like it was like California was 10 years ago or something where there's still it was you know like I only I only know well, I don't know if the, how they're doing type things set up like they did over here but um it's like they had these little shops I guess but they weren't like advertising or it was just kind of weird like that like you know you walk up to some graffiti looking wall and it's actually a door and it, fucking there's a dispensary behind it <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> um so yeah so they're like but like i said you, you know you're smoking on the street or there's people smoking it's not a big deal it's almost more lenient than over here as far as like you know mass socially accepted like i don't know I'm not a big city guy, so being in those big cities is just different for me. Like, maybe you go to uh, L.A. or New York or something like that, and you just walk around and smoke joints, and no one looks at you. I don't know, but I don't know if you could. I don't know. I think canning vacations will become a, a really big thing here in the near future. If that's the case, would you... Would you travel with cannabis around the country to some of these events? And, you know, I like Michigan, man. We've got several, several. We had, I mean, right before COVID, they kicked off like one or two like camping events. But now there's quite a few where it's like a three-day event. You come and fucking throw down a tent party all weekend. Or I think there'll be more and more like Airbnbs that are kind of friendly and shit like that. Maybe even <laughs> instead of the mint on the pillow and shit, there'd be that like welcome sack and shit. You never fucking know. You never know if that's the case. Would you travel a little bit more with camp for cannabis, you know, to see some shit, go with some events? Definitely, man. Definitely, definitely. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, I would love to. I went to the Emerald Cup. I was, I went to that. Um, I think it was 2019. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's like 2019, right before they like had to cancel it and all that. So I think it might have been one of the last ones they had. You know, um, before they, I'm pretty sure they had this last one. They had one last year or whatever or this this year or something um but yeah the emerald cup was cool um i've gone to like reggae on the river that's a pretty big it's not like cannabis but it's like a big event up north that's been going on for a few decades and uh it's like pretty crazy week-long party it was pretty fun but yeah but, they, but um party in school and stuff but i definitely um not not that big of a drinker like i said so you know i'm kind of like yeah chilling by the fire talking <laughs> not that you can't do that when you're drinking but yeah seems i don't know <laughs> things got crazy oh, in my breath. life drink man this little this little mountain town <laughs> Campfire is a lot more fun, a lot more fun for sure. 
But I, as we were sitting here, man, I was still sitting there giggling, kind of thinking about the Airbnb or like a like a hotel atmosphere. Managing like if things were flipped. I mean, nowadays they're geared towards alcohol. You know what I mean? They got the paid bar, farty stocks with alcohols and shit. Now, what if it were a little different where alcohol wasn't permitted in the, per- you know what I mean? But you open up that fridge and it was like all extracts, you know what I mean? All dabbables and they had a little dab center all set up to where, you know what I yeah. mean? It's just, it, and then like that a little would be cool as hell. Social club dispensary downstairs or something, you know, where you can, you know, if you need to go get some or you can bring your own or you could go hang out with people, you know, but, you know, same, same lounge type atmosphere, just no alcohol, just cannabis, you know, heck yeah, man. Or even, you know, that I like that. I seriously, but, uh, not even like enough to like, say there, there's like sample shots, I guess, but the same thing would be great for like dads, all like the, everything they had on the menu down at the like social bar, like you're talking about, you know what I mean? A little taste of everything. Yeah. And, and then at the bottom of it, like say available in the lobby, you know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> That's like the little fridge and you open the little the little drinks or the waters in there and you get your bill and you're like what i paid seven dollars for that bottle of water (laughs) they just leave some really good dabs out in front of you and they're irresistible and then you get the bill and you're like shit (laughs) i think they should be samples drawing you down to lobby they should be that one little free just one one dab that says, come join me down the lobby. We're all hanging out smoking. You know what I mean? No, yeah. Uh, for sure. I was just joking, but I could see some people, of course, getting greedy with it. But, yeah, that'd be awesome. Oh, you know? Yeah, that'd be awesome. Even, like, yeah, go, like on, um, on these – it's like staying on a on an active farm, you know what I mean? I think that that's something too, like that people could could go and get like a little uh taste of farm life, even if you know, maybe it's only a couple of days or a week and they're never gonna do it again, but you know. I envision like the old like apple orchard experience to where you can take a ride through the orchard and maybe pick your own apples. But like you're kind of saying, you hang out. You could do that with your cannabis. You know what I mean? Go see it in the fields. Pick some up before you leave on the way out. Shit, that'd be cool. Shit. Yeah. Yeah, that's the hard thing out here. I mean, I don't know if it's just California or what. I'm mean, sure it's other places. But like, you know, just because it's legal doesn't mean that it's like open plain field or what not like um you know a lot of farmers around here like a lot of the you know the humble growers you know um appalachian growers and stuff like that uh they're you know you can go to a winery and, and drink and have wine tasting and and buy a bottle of wine before you leave you know there's all kind of um 
vineyards and wineries in, in California. And, you know, so you can do that everywhere, but like, uh, you can't just grow your own cannabis and have it open to the public and have the public come and tour the farm and, uh, you know, partake in, in the cannabis and even buy a little bit to take home with them. Like there's none of that, you know, it's not like just, it's not like that, man. It's not. So those, those are talk about brand building. You know what I mean? You may take that trip once or twice or whatever, but wouldn't you tell your friends like to buy that brand for like, Anytime somebody asks what I, what kind of cannabis should I get? He'd be like, I go to get that that farm right there. I went down and stayed on the farm, seen firsthand how they did everything, and fucking bought some man. Amazing people, I'm telling you, that's the exactly. same right there. <laughs> yeah, man. So I mean, and and why not? Like, you know, what's I mean, sucks, man. I don't know. There's a lot of people that just car accidents alone from people drinking alcohol. I mean, that's like horrible. So, you know, come on. I don't know. We'll see. You know, I think they are like uh, petitioning for it and stuff like that. So this takes time, you know, people to care enough to do something about it. Yep. I'm optimistic I am, but I'm still a little leery of legal cannabis, as we've kind of talked about earlier. It's just uh, money, money, money. In fact, we've kind of talked about it a couple of times, man. It seems to be the root of where everything falls apart. Uh, partnerships, friendships, business, you know, life, <laughs> you know what I mean? Life in general, I don't think the uh, creator, uh, well, that was his intent, you know what I mean? For us to spend every day working just for a roof over our head and a little bit of food in our mouth, we were meant to, you know, enjoy life, you know, help each other out, kind of like we were talking about earlier, we're, we're we're realizing that slowly the system's kind of fighting us, but our instinct, our gut instincts telling us go back to the fucking the way you should be, you know, walk away from a lot of shit, get back to basics, you know, give to each other. It's, I think, uh, and I've talked about that a lot lately. I think cannabis has a lot to do with that. I don't think it's any coincidence that cannabis is being pushed to the forefront as we kind of stand at this digital age to where, you know, what do we do? Do we step into this weird digital age or should we fucking, you know, keep to what's real, you know, the soil, the earth, the fucking our place and how to run it and shit. You know, I think no coincidence that, you know, back to that more of a kind of a plant medicine, you know, Things, the real side of things is calling us back. But, you know, they were, be, we were being pushed. Push, 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 worry, 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 push, 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 push. And it's sad. 
it's said we really need to kind of like as we talked about earlier let go realize that you know a lot of that shit isn't isn't as fucking important as we think it is you know what I mean? yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> man yeah once you realize that and you see people tripping out on on dumb stuff like internet orders or whatever you're just like it's wild you know sucks yeah but it's just yeah shouldn't be that way wish it wasn't but some of us some of us are starting to realize and through cannabis and we're waking people up more and more that's why we try to give out you know get people to grow man simplistic as it could be throw (laughs) throw some seeds in the dirt and stumble and fall and learn don't be afraid to learn stumble and fall along the campus journey. You know what I mean? There's going to be nothing but good things coming through yep. stumble and fall. Practice makes perfect. <laughs> nah. Yeah, exactly, though. It's, uh, cannabis is crazy. It's forgiving, but it's very delicate at the same time. It's, uh, strange. I don't know. Yeah. I definitely say, but I, people should definitely go for it. Sprout a seed and don't be scared. Don't be scared. So throughout uh, your journey there, you've said you've smoked, uh, you've grown quite a bit. People but has that. there been some that, oh, I didn't mean the delay cut, kind of cut it, got it there. I didn't mean to cut you off. Well, I was just trying to fill in and I was just like, uh, with like, yeah, only I see a lot of people messing up, um, like new cannabis cultivators by like overwatering. So that would be like my biggest thing is don't overwater <laughs> to the new guys. Other than that, you should grow your own ganja. You know, for all of its therapeutical purposes. Yeah, man. I think the big one is just getting just the, the growing it yourself part as far as therapy. But so you've kind of talked about uh, growing a bunch of different uh, strains or cultivars. Uh, but which are some of have been your favorites? Just kind of running into or you know using throughout your life? Has there been in some in particulars that you find of or have some good memories with? Yeah, so only a couple years after after smoking uh, like a, a childhood friend or whatever, we um, got some really good skunk weed from this older guy. When we're young, we're probably 15 years old or something. And so he, I think we might've got like a 20 sack or half an eighth or something. And, you know, uh, yeah, we're young. Our asses would have been grass. if We would have kind of gotten in trouble, you know what I mean? But uh, we smoked that stuff. And uh, that was probably one of the only times I felt like drunk off this stuff. 
I mean, we were totally giggly and I kind of like my equilibrium was off. I mean, that, that was pretty wild, but that was, that was quite a while ago. And I don't remember too many, too many details other than it was a really good time. And I mean, yeah, the, the flower looked really, really pretty and uh, tasted really good and all that. But um, yeah, I do like this, the skunk skunk um, um, profile or whatever, you know, that, that like uh, lineage and stuff. Um, but yeah, just like gassy, earthy kind of OG cushy type stuff. Um, yeah, not too much of the fruity terps, not really too much, you know, I guess there's like a couple of them, like, the um, the lemon trees, like, even though I, um, I don't really like like lemony weed or like piney weed that much. Um, but like a lemon, my buddy had this lemon tree that was like something really special. I don't know, like just had this weird, uh, like a citronella type of, um, smell to it along with like a lemon. So it kind of like dulled the citrus part of it. Um, and, and, uh. And then um, I have like a tangy um, that I found to have kind of like the same um, traits or the same, that, that Cercinella. I'm like, man, you could set this thing outside to keep the mosquitoes away as like a house plant, <laughs> you know, it's just, it's like really, really super strong. Like you do like a stem rub and, yeah, pretty, pretty powerful. You know, I've never really seen that too much. Like, like that lemon tree, my, you know, my buddy had, uh, he had, uh, 300 plants or something on his farm and he, in a greenhouse and, uh, he had like one or two lemon trees in there and the rest were, um, probably like some wedding pie and out was a couple of years ago some some of the stuff that was going around then and uh you could smell those freaking lemon trees out everything like it was insane you know so, so some stuff is just like i mean yeah when you can smell two plants over a couple hundred plants in most cases that's pretty special i'd say but uh anyways yeah um i've never really been able to find like lemon tree seeds or i haven't looked too hard but it wasn't, you know, didn't really see any like lemon tree cuts going around or anything or available. Um, but that would be one that um, I'd kind of like to search for and maybe mess around with and kind of have. Yeah. Um, I, I like that mochi. I had a mochi a couple years ago and the one I had anyways had like that coffee coffee grind kind of profile to it like an earthy but with kind of coffee grinds or whatever um to it um i don't have that only only had it once um and um yeah
good flavor profiles for sure. So uh, you kind of mentioned you don't know where you might go from here, but uh, do you have uh, some cannabis dreams where it may take you somewhere in the future? I mean, it's a tough, it's a tough crossroads for a lot of us right now that are passionate about cannabis, you know, and uh, for me, myself, I've really been grateful for this avenue. I was kind of talking with Mendo Dope the other night um, off camera when I was lucky enough to hang out with them. I'm like, man, same, same with me. I'm so grateful for this other avenue to be staying in a cabin in cannabis even though it's getting harder and harder i mean we all started this with the, the dream that we were going to run our own greenhouses and fucking that and it's because of recreational cannabis bang you know uh it's that dream's getting harder and harder to achieve and if you're anything like myself the dream wasn't necessarily working for somebody else. You know what I mean on that scale? The dream was to wander to my own fields and be my own man, you know what I mean? And with that not being a possibility, you know what I mean? It's We're at that road where a lot of us, a lot of us, not only if we're still lucky to do it, are looking at, you know, price, you know what I mean? that aspect of it all. Am I gonna even fucking, is the market gonna pick up? Am I gonna be sustained? So a lot of us are left at the crossroads of, you know, personal gardens, doing it because we love it, you know what I mean? Or just doing it on a scale we just don't even give a fuck, you know what I mean? And going back to kind of more of the outlaw kind of way, working and just doing it to whatever. You know what I'm saying? But I, so where's the crossroads going to take you? I would like to say that um, market or not, or this or that or not, no. Because I've watched plenty of people shut down. But um, I, I I would like to say that I'd always like to, I'll always have something going on a personal level. I mean, come on, it's, you know, whether I go right work, I don't go work for some, have a little small garden and be, and be happy. And, um, but, um, this stuff's super time consuming. People don't understand. It's like, it's a 24 seven job. Like, unless you have a team, you're, you're, you're on you're on the clock, man. Full time. <laughs> From start to finish, as far as I'm concerned. You know what I mean? Because if something does happen and you're not there, then you're not. It's not good. So um like I don't get out. I don't like I have a buddy out in Oklahoma right now, and he's um been out there for a couple years and uh you know, I talked to a buddy that I have here right around me and uh, we have all these good ideas and we're like, but they all come, they all fail for the fact that we can't get away. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's not another one of us and, you know, it's just, 
it's just hard to actually, you know, go and take off and go see what another state would be like or another place would be like or, <laughs> you know, it's, I mean, I'm, you know, I have a dog too. That's really hard. Like, I don't just like, I wouldn't, I would never just tie my dog up in the yard. Not going to happen. So, you know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, it's hard to travel. You know what I mean? I know I was talking about it earlier and stuff. I was really fortunate to be able to, but, like, but, you know, also, like I said, I just had the opportunity to, to go to Greece for really cheap and didn't happen because I'm, I'm tied down, you know what I mean? So for myself, um, uh, as far as like my whole life's concerned, I'll definitely always have my little personal thing. Um, but yeah, I'll probably have to, you know, probably maybe this coming up year, you know, not have anything go on. And cause even like, it's not like I'm doing anything crazy right now. I'm like I said, I'm on kind of, kind of cruise mode this year, just like recollecting myself and resetting and just kind of, you know, um, so, uh, but I, but I mean, I still have like the little ones just cause it's hard for me not to. So, uh, you know, got to take care of those. And, um, but I guess, you know, I don't know. I, I, I really, I'm kind of just really open, but I need to like, uh, maybe just, yeah, not be locked down for a little bit. Cause even when I, you know, I've always had like a little personal garden, like I like to smoke my own stuff for one you know what i mean i'm like really weird about what what i ingest or smoke or you know edibles i eat or like what it's made with and stuff you know what i mean so usually have to grow your own if you want to smoke <laughs> your own stuff right <laughs> so, so um yeah man but I appreciate that, man. I really, really can, man. Again, another weird parallel. I'm in that weird uh, reset kind of phase in life as well. These tents you see, the lights not on in this one, man. I'm usually surrounded by tents, man. I've been growing cannabis now for 20 years. And fucking, this is the closest I've ever been to not having anything going and i've actually like it's about a month ago a couple weeks ago i started panicking I, like you're saying i started throwing seeds down i gotta have something i gotta fucking see something growing here man Shit. getting a little antsy but in the same aspect like coming getting out of the house today you had to run on the other side of the lake come about that time to where you know everything should be popping you know this room half the room should be shut Half the room, the tents have to be open. You know, this line behind me used to be straight HPS 4K in these tents. Bam, 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 bam. You don't open that door and things can get, you know, it, it can sustain for about two hours. And then you want to be here for sure to open that door by then. But that was the case like tonight. You know, I the alarm went off. Open flower door that's been there for fucking ever. And I went, huh. 
And I started to hit the gas a little bit. Oh, fuck, it's that time. Then I went, I don't have to worry about it. And the foot instantly kind of laid off the gas. And I looked around. I enjoyed the sunset. You know what I mean? It was a weird feeling, but it was a nice feeling. You know what I mean? Again, back to, you know, enjoying life a little bit, man. This is a weird, weird time. But I am definitely. Yeah, man, you know how it is, man. (laughs) yeah yeah like i said 24 7 man people don't understand it's a full time so props to those people that have kids you yourself included uh that have kids and do this because wow man that's some can't imagine Cause it's, it's, it's like, it, it's like a whole other set of kids, basically, you know, you're, you know, taking, probably taking care of them just about as good as you are the, the human kids almost. Uh, oh yeah. But then the same aspect that's, you know, uh, that's why the, the show's kind of in the time span that it is, you know, the garden has always been the after after it all time you know what i mean work kids garden you know in that fucking order and after everybody went to sleep and i had to give the chance to step out to the garden to let it all fucking fade away the shit day at the job site you know the wine the day it was all gone and it's these girls that just sucked all that away you know, I guess that sounded terrible <laughs> now that I think about the wording of that. But they did, man. They they took all that angst right out, man. And, you know, third shift was always, you know, I've, I've went on four to six hours sleep now for about 20 years. And But, you know, there's something about that third shift, this period of the night, the being in the garden. It wasn't lack of sleep, sleep. It was a recharging of the batteries, man, to be honest with you. So uh, I, I, I got a lot of love for this plan. Yeah, that's awesome. Yep, yeah, it's like my little zen when I'm working in on my garden. My little zen area, you know. I love it. So... How we doing on time, my friend? We're pushing uh, a couple hours into it there. I don't want to overstay my welcome, but uh, you're fine. Come on, check over. in. <laughs> right on, right on. Yeah. So uh, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. So you are the guest, man. You get you get the run. You get the run of the floor, man. You get the run of the floor. So I, uh, I mean. I know there's more I could say. I just, um, yeah, I mean, anything else that hmm, you think of? Well, I can ask you about the, you know, the beginning a little bit there, you know. You said something that I hear a lot across the board, man, that a cannabis experience, you know, made me feel normal. (laughs) <laughs> made me feel, you know, I felt normal, you know what I mean? I felt, and I think a lot of us, you know, actually felt, I know it from hearing these 600 and some odd stories that 
you know, and a lot of us have felt the same way. And uh, it's 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 sad that it, it was always pushed to us as such a bad thing because that's all we often wanted was to just kind of hang out and feel ourselves and basically what we're talking about now, you know. And, uh, and I'm, I'm grateful for those of us that were able to kind of find it, help us through tough times, right? That's for sure. And I, it was always preached to us as, you know, something that was going to hold us back. Sports, you know, academics. I don't think that was the case looking back in either. You know, I did well in sports and I like to think I turned out okay, <laughs> you know, as far as academically, you know what I mean? And uh, so, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm glad to hear it. So when was, do you think it was, obviously you kind of knew it was medical then looking back, but do, how, when was it that you kind of realized the medical side of campus and it was more to it than just smoking with your friends? Hmm. So, uh, I got in with like the wrong crowd of people. And, uh, um, cause like, you know, by, uh, 14, half, you know, 14 years old, I was, uh, living, uh, at a, at a friend's house, sleeping on his, on his couch. You know what I mean? My mom wasn't home, had like a, um. Uh, equal housing opportunity, government assisted apartment. Uh, that was not kept up in any condition that uh, any child should be living. And so I wasn't there. My mom wasn't there. I was staying on my friends. Oh, shit. Hold on a second. Oh fuck! I think there's a bear outside. One second. Oh no, shit! <laughs> Fucking bear and shit! You killing me with the Arizona Hyrax? I know it's delicious. I gotta tell you, out three things. Starting to hoard them a little bit, man. Everybody's drinking them around me up here. <laughs> Cheers to everybody in chat. We just threw a sudden Mr. Green Fingers, Buddha Boy. Much respect to Smiley's Garden. Of course, Ken McKenna, man. Sony Rockefeller. Need to get you back jamming on the show. Drew's the purple thumb. Always an honor, my friend. Was it okay. a bear? I don't know. I, I didn't want I have a flashlight. You don't just go running out in the dark looking for bears. <laughs> <laughs> It was here last night, though. I'll tell you that much. So I don't, I'm in my garage and I just heard like a loud bang. Um, well, I heard it. I heard it. Usually Zoom cancels out a lot of shit. So to hear it, it must have been pretty loud. Yeah. <laughs> Heart's pumping. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you had that look on your face, that oh shit look on your face, like, well, that ain't right. 
Man, you didn't even yeah. have to say that. You did. That ain't right. It's a small bear. It's like a. It's probably uh, like around one years old, and so it's like maybe a little over two feet tall. And my garage is open like a, a foot, but I think I have it like in the safe zone where hopefully I don't get like snuck up on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just playing them. That, that would be a show first. I'm just playing. There really might be a bear. Anyways, um, holy crap! What what was I saying before that? That's why I'm laughing too. Is because I, you know, uh... <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of hard to you kind of squirreled me when you know when the guest jumps up like that. Holy shit! It's hard. <laughs> it's happened once or twice, but it's hard to remember what the hell. It's more like, what's going on? Holy shit! Is everything gonna be all right? I don't know how to call nine one one. Okay, yeah, yeah. So I was, I was uh sleeping on my friend's couch you know his mom was feeding me and stuff and making sure i wasn't um was alive or whatever <laughs> and freaking uh um so then i but then i started hanging out with the wrong crowd you know i mean because obvious i was kind of just you know whatever just make just surviving and so uh so ended up getting into like um you know uh, pharmaceuticals, you know, pill popping and snorting and hard, hard street drugs. And, uh, trouble and, uh, going on probation and, um, but I was able to, um, have my medical card on probation and I had to um, kick everything else I was doing. And so um, it wasn't that hard, man. I was doing like, I don't want to get into like details of what I was doing. I was never like mainlining or anything like that, but um, you know, uh, so um, it was, it was like, I hear these stories of other people and I see, I mean, shit, I see people in my, from my past that never cleaned up and, uh, are still just, you know, it's just bad. And so, um, but it was easy for me for some reason. I've just like, like a light switch, stopped doing the stuff, stopped hanging out with those people and, and stopped doing the stuff. And, uh, but I, but I was able to, keep on smoking weed um but like i guess it wasn't i mean you know it was a little bit different i mean because i did have like the whole probation thing hanging over my head it wasn't like i just was trying to quit for my own good you know but um still a lot of people can't even do that <clears throat> for themselves you know so so it really um just helped me get through that, I think, or made it that much easier for me because 
I just smoke and smoke and smoke, you know. Um, <laughs> I had to go to like drug counseling classes and I allegedly, <laughs> I'd take, take bong rips before that. And like my counselor would uh, drug test everybody. And I had, I mean, it was like, I really had to stand my ground. Um, I had like five years hanging over, hanging over my head. And uh, um, the first dirty I had for, for, cause it was all like, I never had any dirties for anything that like hard it was only for cannabis. And so, but the first dirty I had, my camp, my drug counselor was like, uh, cause I went to like a drug program to like, uh, uh, basically not go to jail, I guess. <laughs> and so, um, so my, uh, yeah, the counselor was like not having it, man. He's like, you got a dirt, you know, as far as I'm concerned, you got a dirty and I'm going to give it to your, uh, probation officer. You're going to, you know, uh, violate probation. And so I had to go talk to my probation officer and I'm like, man, uh, I got my medical card, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, this is doctor prescribed. And uh, I do kind of like have maybe some like, uh, whatever. Nah. Anyways. Um, so I had, a, and they were kind of like pinning it on each other. Like, well, I'm going to see, it's up to your counselor. Oh, it's up to your probation officer. And I'm like, man <laughs> you know so i was like so i just held my ground and and uh kept on chiefing and uh so the probation officer would freaking i mean the the drug counselor would like take everybody to the side and you do your little piss test and you know they go over the results with you and they like had to be all quiet about it because mine was coming up dirty tell anybody else in the class I wasn't you know like trying to brag about it I would you know it was just my thing you know um so yeah the counselor wasn't too happy happy about it but once they saw that it wasn't going to be anything else and I was um, you know I'm not a bad guy just wasn't on the right path you know um so but that was crazy so uh but, you know, not having it, who knows if it would have been that easy for me because, yeah. Back, like, when you're talking earlier, you know, um, like, rehabilitation and stuff like that, like, man, I think that could be huge. And it might not, or I can guarantee it's not going to work for everybody, you know, but if it helps out a few or more than a few, then shoot. Yeah. You know, what do you got to lose? And it's going to be like true help too. It's not going to be like no fake band-aid type shit. Like the people that do get help are going to probably build, turn around and maybe be in this position to help someone else, you know, like, because they're so strong in their recovery and stuff, you know? 
I think what, a lot of know, people would be better off, you know, with instead of being in a, a high-priced rehabilitation center where they're being surrounded by plugging artificial lights and clipboards and more pharmaceutical bullshit to help you keep your urges under wraps. You can be, you know, in a farm somewhere, feed into the dirt with some genuine people that want to walk you through this. And so I seem like a better path. You know what I mean? The other seems like a recipe for failure. You just want to get the fuck out of there. Just give me, yeah, 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 yeah. Give me the fuck out of here. Give me the fuck out of here. But the other way, I could honestly see a more successful path. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That would be great. People like ourselves that are willing to take that risk, man. Eh, hopefully, hopefully we can make it happen. One of us, some of us, either me, you, somebody watching, it's all the same dream if we're helping people. You know what I mean? That is the dream. I'm, I'm about it. So. Yeah, or it's just all together, man. You know what I mean? It's what it really is, you know. Strength in numbers. So, you know, heck yeah. So outside of cannabis, what do you like to do? I definitely see some ink there. And you talked about it early. You were talking about school and uh, the diabetes and noticing about the ink. And the, so how, how far back does ink go? with you obviously pretty far back are you an artist or just a collector uh where does ink fall into the picture mm. yeah i didn't get my first tattoo till i was uh like 18 me and my buddy went and got our uh last names on her on her shoulders and stuff like that um thought we were real cool for that you know what i mean and then um, just kind of collected a few over the years. One on my chest was like a drunk. Probably one of the reasons I don't drink. <laughs> a drunk tattoo, you know. Got that a while back. Probably been 15, maybe around 15, 13, 13 years ago or something. With a, a lighter spring like a spring out of a lighter, a big lighter, and you heat it and straighten it. And then, uh, you know, hook that up to like a little CD player motor or something it was. Um, single single needle. Um, and uh, I got one on my side that I drew. Yeah, so like I am like, a, my sister is like an artist for sure. Like she teaches art in college. Um, and, but yeah, uh, I got like, a lot of time on that side. <laughs> I dig it. Yeah, there's like 18 hours in that one. Uh, drew that. The artist kind of did his own rendition on it, but uh, I kind of drew up a lot of it. 
uh, just old California boy shit on my arm. Newest, newer ones. Old school bad boy little freaking thing. That I mean, a lot of people don't know that. That's from like what the at least the nineties or whatever. And my little uh, serendipity farms. That was my uh, hemp farm. Yeah. Uh, my mom used to like take us out when we were young um, and just do shit that like uh, broke parents would do. Like, at what, like we'd go look for like uh, these rocks that had like, uh, they're called like cross top rocks. I actually think they're actually worth a small amount for like jewelry or something, but they have a, there's like little square rocks that have like, crosses in them and like you can probably cut them in segments and make multiple pieces out of one but <clears throat> we just like go collect those or river and so like we just go do like cheap stuff but she'd call it like serendipity you know what i mean just like you go like do whatever but like have a good time no matter what you know what i mean but like you know you're not not that you have to spend money to go do that you know what I mean? <clears throat> so, like, that always stuck with me. So, like, I, uh, that was, like, the, my farm name right there. And then, uh, yeah, I don't have too much else. I got, like, a line across my foot. <laughs> a tat, just, like, because uh, I had my own tattoo gun for a while. And uh, so I just would kind of, like, not afraid to practice on myself, I guess. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah. Oh, then I got this one. I think this is my la my latest one. Well, uh, Mighty Mouse. Did you do that one? No. No. That was like uh, my first job when I worked at round table and I was like, cause like I said, I was the smallest kid or as a second, second to the shortest kid in my class freshman year. So um, when I had that job at round table, I was like this little short shit running around, but uh, they called me mighty mouse there. It was like my little nickname. So I just freaking got that. Cause I thought it was pretty cool. And that was only that was only like uh, you know last year or something, you know. But it was just like one of those memories kind of type of thing, and pretty cool. But, Seemed to have gotten all the tender spots. <laughs> um, yeah, the, like close to the, right there. That's not that. I mean, that was pretty bad. Kind of like on the hip bone too, a little bit, but. <laughs> Yeah, man. With I just like uh, try to control my no joke. <laughs> the foot's no joke. Yeah, yeah. The hand was kind of weird. It's funny, man. I see. I I know a lot of people that have ink. I know a lot of people that have jobs and I see people that run out and just don't give a shit after a tattoo. 
these days, summer, run right out, you know, fucking all fucking glistened up right out in the sun. I don't know why about that too, baby. You didn't take care of that motherfucker. You paid a lot of money for it, baby. That thing until it's healed. You know what I mean? I have looked silly after some tattoos, arm sleeves, driving down the road with something over my fucking arms so the sun's not beating on it for through that heel time and shit. You know, I just, I care for my tattoos. I, you know, I, it's sad to see people. Yeah, you seen, what do you think about that, um, that like, have you seen how people put like that fake skin stuff over it now or whatever? It's like a techoderm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it's, uh, you know, I'm on the fence. I'm on the yeah, fence. Yeah. I I've guess. actually taught my I taught my tattoo guy how to use it right. I guess. You know, I've seen they want to slap it on there and let you know the plasma, you know, do the healing power. But you know, for me, I've never found that to be. I've had problems with that or air bubbles where it developed like a sore under the tegaderm and that shit had to be fixed man them spots were like deep and bad so what i found about the tegaderm was not against what they said you know slapping it on there for us i always take my home if i'm gonna apply it i take it home i let that thing bleed out i i put a poodle brutal layer of uh, aquifer in there, you know, just like my artist would do, you know, as he's putting it in there, because it's not friendly. You want as little bit as possible. So I rub it in. I try to leave as little bit behind. And then I'll put that tegaderm on there. And after, you know, so I don't get the bleed out before. And then it's usually pretty good. You know, I like it if I'm going to be working, you know what I mean? In an area, you know what I mean? If it's on my forearm and I want to be out fucking doing something, you know, the teeter is kind of nice, but anymore because of the bad experiences with it. And uh, again, I got so much love for my tattoos. I'm good without it, man. I, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm really that bad to where like four hours I'm washing it. You know what I mean? I don't care where it's at and I'm not supposed to take a shower. I'm hopping one leg to wash that foot. And then I don't, you know, I'm not applying layer on layer on layer on shit, man. I make sure and wash in between every four yeah. hours, follow that until the first peel. And then I switch over into uh, a cream, which I found a baby aquifer lotion, no perfume that really works as well. It kind of... <laughs> yeah yeah i found out i like to keep it as keep them moist um like the first time i let it dry out is like it when it seems like it really starts to like set or like start healing or something i don't know but like uh so i usually like you know like a good almost week or something i um i'll keep it like moist and i'll keep like a cellophane over it you know like when i sleep and this and that but 
but same thing like that's why i don't know about that the techoderm because like uh like i I'm, I'm a sweaty guy and so like if i have that on me and like it's gonna sweat around there and like because i think some of these people are like they're leaving it on there for like so like for like a week or something you know what i mean seven days yeah you can leave it up <laughs> for up to seven days no i'm the same way like i'm not sitting there scrubbing scrubbing the tattoo oh i got this one too remember remember this ah, nice clean too you see it yeah i do yeah uh, yeah so uh um yeah, so for me, it's like I'm not sitting there scrubbing it, but you want to use like, you know, lukewarm water and a little bit of soap and just kind of, you know, clean the area, you know, it's like, yeah, just <laughs> just because you're letting your tattoo hold yeah. it, want it to get all funky. <laughs> yeah, man, that side, man, I looked at that's a that's a side piece there. I don't know how much of that you got done at once, but man. The ribs, were, I got a nice, and both sides are pretty well done. And uh, that's that's rough. This side in particular has a lot of red. He went deep. This side here was like fucking being dragged down a gravel road. And <laughs> <laughs> after, I literally went into shock when I got home from this one. I oh, shit yeah. you not, he pounded like it was eight. Maybe ten hours. I mean, we did a lot of work on the ribs. Yep. In a row, I drove two hours home, and then jumped in the shower to wash it to fucking start the aftercare. And that cold shower, man, that instant drop, man. I got out of the shower and it just kind of shook. I don't know if you've ever had that, man. Just kind of, I'd lay down and just shook for about twenty minutes from uh, shock. Tattoo shock is basically what it wow, is. Wow, yeah. Be raw. <laughs> that reminds me. That's I've never passed out before, um, except for one time, because I had I had like five sessions on this side right here, and I think it was like maybe like the fourth session or something. Um, I had just gotten the work done. I went over to my buddy's house, took a bong rip, and I was walking down his stairs, his inside stairs, and I was like kind of like bouncing off because there's like a staircase that like went into a corner and like you know, halfway went the halfway down went the other way. Um, and so I kind of like bounced off the wall, like unsteadily, managed to make my way all the way out his front door and and like a foot or two out his or a step or two out his front door i freaking hit the dang ground man and uh that's that's uh my i think that was kind of like a, a shock thing or whatever because i was freaking chewing on a towel when i got this one done like literally had a uh, a towel you know wrong like that and just in my mouth just like yeah it was crazy <laughs> good old ink therapy good old ink therapy so uh yeah i like i like doing like the the crafty stuff you know woodwork a, a little bit of like um doing like lamp working or like glass blowing 
just a little bit. Um, and, uh, um, yeah, gosh, what was I going to say? Glass blowing is a neat, uh, a neat thing. I've never necessarily tried, but I think it's really fascinating to hold glass and works, you know. So that's another thing. You, it seems like you only get one shot with that shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> it ain't like wood, but you can sand and fill if you need to. Raise a little grain, get her wet, get that dent out of there. Glass is like one shot, right? Uh, I mean, I'm like totally amateur, I'd say. Um, but it, but there is like some forgiving aspects, like I would say, because like, uh, yeah, I mean, like you can kind of like rework the glass in, in some cases, you know what I mean? But, um, but yeah, but, but like, uh, I've seen, yeah, like, you know, some of these guys you see they do like these phenomenal pieces and then it like breaks on the way to the kiln or something and it's like yeah usually in those cases like that piece is done you know what i mean and you know they'll have all who knows how many hours into it but yeah um but like uh yeah as far as yeah so like a, then i could ride motorcycle a little bit um, but, uh, or yeah, so I, I think I mentioned earlier, I got that blood clot in my hip from that motorcycle accident and that like, uh, that's why I got out doing the tree thing. Yeah. So, uh, and that like really drastically changed my life for a second, you know, <laughs> because like as active as I was and stuff, um, wasn't able to really find uh took like f five doctors before i could get anyone to tell me to like that all the doctors were telling me just to stay on blood thinners for the rest of my life and i was like 31 32 years old when it happened and i'm like dude like i'm way too active to stay on blood thinners where if i cut myself i'm going to possibly die in two minutes you know what i mean this is crazy um i did the blood thinners for like 10 months and then i they wanted me to do them for longer and i just told them, you know i'm not doing it i don't like how they make me feel <laughs> you know it's like you know so uh but i ended up getting getting some procedures done on it um and and uh but it's still like the so i ended up finding a doctor that was like yeah i can't like promise you anything but i can at least attempt to go into the artery and uh by that time it had turned like uh chronic so it was like a chronic dvt the deep vein thrombosis so the blood clot had like stuck to the artery walls because it had stayed there so long um so the doctor went in there and uh <laughs> took like a little wire and freaking uh a wire with uh little scrapers on the end of it i guess 
and they scraped out the vein or the artery and then they pulled that out or maybe it had the same all the same stuff all in the same end and then the so after they scraped it they freaking have like a little balloon thing and they blow it up and hold it for like a little bit to try to like get more circulation going through so i had like the three procedures and like the second procedure i got up to go home and like they like you know they want you to go to the bathroom and all that or you know uh yeah use the restroom just so that you can go home and take care of yourself or something and i got up out of the bed and i freaking uh i looked at the the nurse and i was like high as shit kind of i felt like off the um whatever they knocked me out with <clears throat> and uh i got this weird sensation like this weird warm sensation and and uh I was like thinking in my head, I think I just pissed myself. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I look at the nurse and she like looks down and there's like a big old puddle of blood. And so she like turns all freaking ghost face and she freaking throws me down on the bed and starts because it's like right in my uh my groin area, like you know. And so uh she's like sitting there pressing down hella hard, all tripping out. And I'm like tripping out. <laughs> But so I saw my doctor. I ended up being all good. They, you know, it wasn't a big deal. But um, I saw my doctor, and I was like, "Hey, man." He's like, "How's it going?" I was like, "Dude, that last surgery was a little wild." And I told him what happened. He's like, oh. "I was like, I was like, yeah, I don't know, man." Um, and he's like, "Okay, yeah, well, yeah." Uh, so they they were going in through my vein or my arteries or something to um, get to it like right in my groin the first and second surgery first one was the right side second one they went in on the left I told them that stuff so I got one more procedure done third one and right before I passed out like I'm like laying on the table like looking kind of upwards behind me and I see this dude <laughs> I can't really show it on, on this, but he had like a four foot long wire, dude. <laughs> that was the last thing I saw before I passed out. And they went in through like one of these sides on my neck. And they went in all the way down to my, to my uh, artery down there. <laughs> I was so sore when I got home that like, because in my neck that I was laying on the couch and like to move my head, I had to grab my hair and freaking lift my head up and like move it with my arms, dude. Because I didn't have anybody like really take care of me. That kind of sucked. But, um, uh, that was rough, dude. So that was like, yeah, he said I could probably have pr procedures done for the rest of my life. So, That's a bit of a life changer. But I still ride motorcycles. I just know my limits. Try to. Yeah. A lot of people on the road doing nowadays. Gotta be careful.
I think you're muted. Most certainly am. And a lot of it was just ow, ow, ow. <laughs> yeah, you most certainly have been through a lot myself, my friend there. That is for sure. It's, I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine. That was crazy. Yeah. I, another kind of eerie similarity, though. And uh, an eerie, eerie similarity. Uh, it's when a, a my life changed as well, man. I actually fucking smart ass. People cut trees, man, and fucking rowdy bunch, man. <laughs> Tell you what it is, man. It's a special breed. It takes a special breed to climb up a fucking tree, cut your way down, or cut your way up, and cut your way back down. Or just a fucking rope. You know what I mean? Just, yeah, we got this five dudes on a rope just fucking hit. You got a complete control of, the, you know, a huge limb falling at you or whatever, saving a house. But man, it's it's a rough trade. And I had a, a bilateral hernia that took me out of the tree, surge, tree surgery there. And man, that was a weird part. That was, it, it took me out of work for a long time, man. It took a long time to, I'm telling you nothing, man. There's a lot of weight restrictions there. I actually got that mesh that you see to this day. You know, you called, it's a stainless steel. Yeah, you're going to be fine. They told me pre-op. Oh, you're just going to have a little incision on each side. And we're just going to go in and take everything. I woke up, I had a smiley face from hip to hip. <laughs> Fucking, it was way worse than we ever thought. 24 at the time. 24 at the time. Fucking full hey. of fucking that young smart ass, and that's what it was. Fucking me and this fucking big cat would fucking fucking, I try to outlift each other all the time, and in this in particular day is uh, Ironwood. Big old hunks of Ironwood. And the cat fucking Big guy, he's probably about 6'2", 240, fucking struggling to put this fucking piece into the truck. And I, I had to come up and give him the up and over. Looked at it. It is what it is, you know. I'm like, you're, you're a boss. You're a boss. You couldn't get that thing in the truck. Oh, yeah, you think you could do it? Fuck yeah, motherfucker. I got right back in the truck. And <laughs> threw that bitch right back out of the truck, rolled it out of the truck. I didn't, you know what I mean? And at this point, man, I'm fucking struggling. Everything to get that fucker back in that truck, drop it. He's like, Yeah, I thought so. This time, both of us are struggling to get it back into the truck. We actually needed a third kind of up and over because that was, yeah. Worked out badly. Worked out badly in the long run. But yeah, definitely a life changer there as well. Having that surgery going through that time. Same, same, man. Everybody left. Everybody bolted. 
everybody bolted in that period. And I actually, that's where my biggest memories and my, my pharmaceutical battle and my cannabis activism, even though I didn't know it then, starts. Because as I was released from the hospital, same thing, had to wait until I could use the bathroom. And then finally release, and then I'm laying on a couch by myself, no income, no nothing, losing it all, and fucking uh, my mother, who was terribly addicted to pharmaceutical drugs, uh, comes in, and as I'm laying there, incapacitated from breast surgery her and her boyfriend come in and take all my pain medication give me an i love you walk out that right there hurt so badly all the way around you know what i mean that was a huge Eye opener, well, you know, yeah, eye opener all the way. A life, life changer, life changer all the way around. You know, I ended up having to sell my pain medication at that time to even get through that period. You know, I did that. I lost everything at that time. That period was really rough, really rough. But I did. That's when I seen how bad. Uh, pharmaceutical drugs you know i knew her other parts of the family sisters you know brothers of hers struggled with you know pharmaceutical addiction addiction in general but i never really seen that bad and you know and looking back i remember other things you know what i mean you know that I never really clicked until I seen went through that experience and looked back through my childhood and seen some, you know, oh yeah, this is fucked up. <laughs> but you know, and through that, I was everything changed. You know, uh, I tried everything I could do to get her off of uh, pharmaceutical drugs at that point, and it was a tough struggle, man. Uh, at that point, I had a daughter. That was a year and a half. <laughs> Again, through the this battle, I lost. You know what I mean? Was luckily able to get be back in my life. But once I did, I used B kind of as you know that that thing that light at the end of the tunnel to try to to get it clean up. And that's a that's that's a tough road there too because you know, and again, this is I, I it's a tough battle. I've seen people firsthand, as I'm saying, the ups and downs. She would get clean for a good period of time. I'd be like, okay, cool. Well, it's time to come see your granddaughter. You know what I mean? And then it would be that moment of celebration today's the day and she would get sidelined on the way you know what i mean kind of by the time she get there it'd be 
back to square one <clears throat> through that battle of whatever, man, I'd lost a lot of valuable time. And so, you know, thinking I was doing the right thing, you know, that's hindsight and regrets are a bitch, but, but I wish I would have been there more for her instead of trying to say you can't be a part of our lives until you're clean because I lost her in that process yeah she, she's so she's passed on now oh yeah oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. in the worst kind of way <laughs> the worst kind of way to be honest with you um oh god same gentleman later on, probably about a year later, uh, them binging on pharmaceutical drugs, her, uh, her liver had shut down on her. And uh, he tried to claim that it was just the flu or whatever. Well, she laid in bed for nearly a week with her liver shutting down and pumping toxins through her system why her kidneys started to fail and she started to go brain dead. So, yeah. Oh, man. Sorry to hear, man. Yeah. So. Yeah, my mom got diagnosed with uh, stage four, like pancreatic or cervical cancer. So we were able to spend like the last six months with her and freaking that was crazy. You know, I was like, actually, you know, like I told her, like, it's okay. You could take your last breath. And she like did, you know what I mean? And that was like, I was like 20, yeah, 27 at the time. And like, man, that was just crazy, crazy, crazy. And, um, but, you know, before that, like, she she had a – I don't know if she suffered from, like um, – a lot of my family thought she suffered from, like, clinical depression or something like that, and that maybe she should have, like, went and got some meds or something like that to, like, even out her uh, her um, chemicals or something. And so, uh, oh, yeah. Oh. oh, yeah, but, uh, yeah, sorry, I lost it for a second. So, um, but before all that, you know, before we even knew she was sick, I was with this one girl and, and my mom needed a place to stay and she just wanted to crash on the couch for, this is when I'm like, you know, probably 21, 22, 23 years old or something around there. And big old badass, I'm thinking, you know, and freaking my mom's like, oh, I need, you know, need kind of a place to crash. And I was like, no, I'm with, you know, my girlfriend and this and that. And fucking what a jackass. <laughs> I freaking, you know, didn't even help her out. And I always regret that. Shitty. Some parallels, some parallels. I'm telling you, brother. I don't yep. know what it is, but I see some parallels. I try to 48. get like 
48. She was 48. So I heard you say they were like 50, you know, just over 50 when the boss pulled through there. Yep. And like I tried to like, uh, she tried, she did like um, two, I think like two chemo treatments and they like, she was like a small lady anyways, you know, like 100, 110 pounds, you know, before all, before she was like diagnosed and stuff, but she's just always small. And, uh, but um, so she did like two chemo treatments and then I tried to give her some, um, excuse me, some um, like edibles or something. And she didn't, she didn't really like she ended up uh, just wanting to go like uh, she didn't want to have any like any adult, you know, she just wanted to like feel it, I guess, you know, and she was like, she knew it was coming, I guess, too, at that point, you know what I mean? Because it was, I mean, she went pretty quick, so, but, but yeah, so. Tough to sit back and watch, especially yeah. things with things we can't handle. Man, that makes it even tougher. Yeah, that was hard too, because like she, you know, it was like, like right at the towards the end too. Is like she was she didn't want to eat or couldn't really like couldn't really eat and just had no app like everything. You know, what I mean, like her body was just shutting down. But yeah, some nasty stuff, freaking stuff. But. But yeah. Yeah, that's you know, again. I, I really believe in the power of cannabis all the way through. You know, I think there's been a lot of lives lost, especially in at least in my life, from the medical, all pharmaceutical drugs. Yeah, a lot of good people have lost through it, both from just bad circumstances that have taken it to check out, you know what I mean, get through the day sadly. Or then there's just people that, great people that start out from injuries and get caught up in a nasty loop of deception and not knowing how to wean themselves correctly off of, you know, that type of medicine. But and then just in general medicine, doctors don't necessarily. It's another thing I talk about all the time. Why don't we view our health like we do our plans? You know what I mean? We look at our plans, we diagnose it. Oh, you need nitrogen, you need this, you need that. You know, we don't necessarily throw a fucking just a pill at it. No, no, we give it what it needs, and that's where our healthcare should be. We should be properly diagnosed to see what we're deficient on, what we need. Yeah, here we go. Here's some vitamins. Here's some healthy foods. Come back in a week. How's that feel? Yeah, you know what I mean? But we're not. We're just pharmaceutical right from the get. And if that fails, maybe, or maybe you're lucky enough to find a doctor that really gives a shit. But most of the time, yeah i tell anybody that deals with the with doctors like you're the only you're the only person that cares about your health as much as anybody like (laughs) you know you gotta be so super proactive like i you know like 
five doctors it took me the first four you know one of them i was i looked outside his little window in his office and i was like i was like so i could have like a a, a stroke when i leave your office by the time i hit that sidewalk right there and he's like yep i'm like and there's nothing you can do and he's like nope i'm like man this is crazy you know what i mean like i mean that's a doctor's say so you know what i mean i was like but my sister helped a lot with that too she you know kept me going to the appointments and help call doctors and stuff like that so that was cool because it takes yeah you got it i mean it takes a lot of work man yeah yeah so what has been uh, your best cannabis story so far? Uh, what has been some cannabis highs? Have you had an in particular patient that you've seen, you know, cannabis kind of turn around or um, somebody that necessarily wasn't so optimistic to cannabis that you've seen that today has changed their mind? Um, there's been people that um, I mean like it's like gotta be in our blood like ancestrally or something and like to have it as like a missing link it's you know it's gonna be off maybe for some people it's even worse so without saying names and stuff like i've been i've helped people and stuff that um nothing like doctor di doctor diagnosed when i had that hemp it was pretty cool um i had one guy say that uh he had to take migraine uh medication and that um that bubba when he smoked that, he said he didn't have to take his migraine medication. I thought that was pretty, pretty big and pretty cool. I mean, you know, a lot easier to take a couple puffs or eat a little, you know, snack with the edible with some CBD in it than having to take a pill, you know, and stay like connected to some pharmacy or something. Um, that was a good one. Um, 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 and then like uh, yeah with like cannabis um, like uh, just kind of being able to keep keep uh, people sane yeah no like big big um, hero stories or anything so what did you get any of that uh hemp tested from that crop there what were some of them you know as far as like terpene profiles or cbd levels uh how what was the crop like that uh that year it was a beautiful crop man again man looking over them fields hemp or not man that's a beautiful sight <laughs> Yeah, I know the uh, the 
Bubba and the Nueve come in like uh, right around the same the, the same uh, CBD level total CBD. Uh, I know it was like I think it was like um, like right around twelve and a half percent CBD. I think it's like twelve point four nine or something maybe. Um, and the Nueve I think was. I don't know. I'd have to look. I do have. That's. I'll do that one of these. One of these times. Uh, you know. I'm sure this isn't the last time I'll see you. So, I'll, I'll get you some some results. But I know the bubble was up in there in the um, in like the the twelve, twelve percent. And then I don't think I did a terpene test to be honest, because I think that I was like even extra money and. Every every penny counted, you know what I mean? It's like unless unless you have a prospective buyer that wants to know, it's like why? Yeah, it's just yeah, it was um, quite the venture, not really knowing what I got myself into with that, you know what I mean? But you know, which one's first, the chicken or the egg? So do you get do you get do you pay for some elaborate test to show all the properties if the buyer is not going to even request that or and save yourself? money or you know so it's, it's just like a whole different industry <laughs> but um but yeah I'll, I'll i'll try to find those numbers i know i have some emails or something or i know i have like hard copies too um and i'll and i'll share those numbers with you um so i i've kind of heard a lot of the the cbd is the hemp side of things lean towards like a cherry profile turf profile is that kind of what, what what turf profiles did you end up with with you, the ones you more of a wider range than a cherry yeah it's, that bubba was like more like a um like a piney type of like yeah kind of like a piney cushy um I would say, um, and uh, that Nueve was like, a, um, I wouldn't say, it was kind of like more like, like a cre creamy, if anything, but uh, yeah, no, I don't know. There's a lot of, uh, let's see, yeah, no, yeah, uh, you're right about the cherries. There's like a, I can't think the cherry blossom or something. There's a, there is a lot of, uh, or a few cherry strains that have uh, been in the hemp thing. I think like, it's, it's like weird with hemp, kind of like I was talking about earlier, like with like the primary colors of cannabis or primary cultivars and then like where uh your you know what i'm talking about like have your like your primary colors secondary colors and tertiary colors and stuff you know that right so like uh you know if you mix two primary colors you got like a secondary color so if you have like your primary cultivars and you keep on mixing you got hybrids and your secondaries and tertiaries but uh 
<laughs> sorry, what was I saying? Um, oh, so with, with the hemp, like the ones that like, uh, so you have to work with all like um, stuff that um, has a certificate of analysis, a COA. So it has to come from like a legit um, provider, producer, supplier, whatever you want to call it. Um, and uh, so I think they only had like a few different kinds actually like registered, you know, for like common use and widespread use or something at this point. Cause it's all like, I mean, when was the, I think the hemp bill was passed in 2018 or something, maybe. There might've been a couple people doing it a little bit before that, but I think it was somewhere around there. So it's all, it was all really, maybe it was 2015, a few, one state had legalized hemp for growing, but uh, I don't know. 2018, it became more widespread and I did it like in 20, 2020. Yeah. So it's all like a, a, a new thing. Um, sorry, I'm kind of going out there, but um Yeah, I can't think. I have like a more paperwork and stuff. I have a tendency for like when things, <laughs> even though I did get some good experiences out of it, but uh, I don't hold on to negative stuff. So a lot of stuff I can <laughs> very easily let go. Um, that and it's not, it's not even necessarily that either. Like uh, my head seems kind of like a, multi-filing cabinet you know so like if i'm like thinking about one thing it's like i'm kind of on that track and so i don't know kind of bouncing around a lot trying to kind of just get a, a general of everything you know what i mean but uh yeah sometimes it's hard for me to bounce back and forth you know like uh to go to another file cabinet <laughs> so to say you know <laughs> So do you think that we a good hemp market or a hemp flower market rather? You know what I mean? I, it's kind of disheartening to see how like a lot of that CBD, the craze kind of really fell to the side a little bit. You know what I mean? That's the, the recreational again stepping in pretty soon. I kind of said, I've said this a lot lately with the priority target. You're going to see again a cookie shirt just like a you know, these commercials you see now for your medicine for anxiety. It's going to be, this is right for you, and it's not going to be right for you. You know, it's the it's going to be money again, pushing, guiding things around, and it's going to be sad. I've seen states that are recreational now, recreate, uh, I'm sorry, medical only and oil only, basically, that started and didn't even have uh, license. They, they at Georgia allowed six licensing to grow, you know, hemp for CBD. No takers, no fucking takers. They had to outsource their oil, and then they they supplies for the outsource would dwindle because they, the market was keep getting smaller and smaller. You know what I mean? They're, the profitability isn't you know, recreational cannabis. And so do you think that there'll be 
flower or do you think that it'll kind of go from flower to uh, more uh, industrial you know what I mean? Just more uses for plastics, clothing, shit like that. Yeah, I think like a lot of those other textile uses or whatever. Um, I think there's some like there's definitely car companies are already starting to use it in their interiors and stuff like that. Um, It's that, that was like another thing. It's like it's all weird about um, calling it medicine or being able to, you know, because like I had a local uh, brewery that we were going to try to put my hemp into their into a brew somehow. And they were going to let me label it with my farm's name and, you know, come up with my own brand, whatever. And you know, real cool people and stuff like that, but uh, you can't go putting like, I don't know, like, you know, I need to like, I should have talked to like an attorney and kind of would have told me what my options were more or something, but even you talk to those guys and they're not going to give you a, you know, that might sound arrogant, but I've had friends that paid for attorneys and they still can't give you like a hundred percent yes and no's. They're still like, you know, so, uh, so like, it's all weird. Like with the, uh, food and, um, yeah, you can't just go put it into foods or you can't like, uh, I don't know. It was just really weird, but I do think that there's going to be, you know, there's a lot of money in that, like, uh, Harris beef, uh, Harris ranch beef. Have you heard of them? Is Harris ranch out there? There's like a Harris ranch beef. Could be. It could okay. be. I don't like want to say no and be wrong. But it could be. It's a, it's a big beef company in the, in the West. And, uh, and, uh, I went to like a hemp convention and, um, you know, they had a, they had one of their guys from Harris Ranch there, and they were growing, was it two or 300 acres or something of hemp that year? And they were trying to get a deal with um, some um, cosmetic company. So there's tons of money in the CBD market. It's even like as far as this like smokable flower. Um, It's like you almost have to pick that stuff when it's kind of premature to hit the right um, because you're only allowed one third of one percent. So 0.30. If it's anything over that, then it's it's hot and it's illegal you just grew cannabis not hemp you know (laughs) so as far as like letting a good flower ripen and this and that well you can no longer sell it as smokable hemp because it's not so finding like the right variety and and stuff you know it could be done 
And I seen like, there's some guys doing like some, some indoor hemp that freaking looks crazy. Uh, like a chocolate, some kind of like chocolate strain or something. I'd have to look it up, but yeah. Um, but I don't know why all why it's all weird, like especially like with the food stuff, like putting it into food. Like I think it would take off a lot better. And like a lot of these farmers all got into growing it. Um, but it's like there's, you know, I don't know. Like right now, it's just I know there's still people people producing it, and like you, see, I don't know, you see labs still working on that stuff i mean i don't know i don't really know too much where mark's at right now but i think one day they're going to want to be putting it back i think they're passing a bill i think it's actually like illegal for sure it's probably illegal or maybe not i don't know but to feed your livestock hemp right now or has it been in the past you know because uh i know they say they used to, and that's how it got into our systems, you know, um, by us eating that meat and then eating it. Um, so, I mean, there's always like a market there for, for grain or for food, just like uh, livestock food. I mean, yeah, there's so many uses and it, it'll eventually be used for all of those purposes, but probably uh who knows who will be doing it you know i think a lot of people jumped in in the beginning when it first became legal because they're all looking for something to do and that uh too many people did it and there's thousands of acres out there it's not i think like america like within a couple years had like a couple hundred thousand acres of hemp growing in it you know compared to five years before it had nothing <laughs> and so the market didn't know what to do and so i think that's kind of like um maybe kind of plateaued off now like uh you know a lot of people got out of it and um maybe it maybe it kind of got a little stronger in ways if you have a market for it or something you know but yeah, there's definitely uses for it. Definitely medical uses. They could raise the level of CBD that's acceptable and that would help. I mean, THC that's acceptable and that would help a lot, even to like a half a percent or like 1% would like open up. You know, you could be able to do that more smokable flowers and more mature plants and stuff because staying under that a third one percent is pretty hard i don't imagine that that's a fine line of time right there seems like harvesting on the early side is on your favor but harvesting on the early side you lose more weight <laughs> the one thing you're after you know what i mean so it's a double yep. sword. And your CBD levels, too, are going to be, you know, my buddy grew the same strains and he had like tests come back at like uh, his were only like at like five or six percent. You know what I mean? Way, way worse than mine. 
So I don't know. If, you know, he and he might have picked earlier or something. I don't know. Yeah. So it's, it's you know. And that's what I got into it too, bro. Like try to grow anyways, uh, you know, smokable flowers, you know, wasn't really looking to grow just biomass in particular, you know, but. I, you know, at one point I worried about a lot of things like uh, it changing just the whole scale of things. Farmers wanting to change their farm over to cannabis in a lot of you know ways but growing the veggies and start growing the cannabis you know but as the market's pretty kind of up and down i don't see that a lot happening in some cases i think they're better off growing the veggies and the fruits than they would be trying to do a large-scale cannabis the other thing at one point i kind of worried about was the difference in like a more of an environmental, more an environmental impact, not necessarily from nutrients and runoff, but just the larger scale of things. You know, as you got farm fields, corn, wheat, and shit, fucking you have animals that graze those fields and fucking eat off it as well and get by, you know, just a natural cycle of things. You start axing out all these fields of corn and shit, and you replace it to, with cannabis, something that they may not be so friendly with. Could have some uh, huge environmental impacts that we've never considered as well. You know, I think we're pushing forward at alarming rate. We're not necessarily doing it for the right reasons. Same shit we've talked about a lot tonight money, money, money. That's that's another thing I kind of talk about a lot too. Is when I, I kind of mentioned that you know you still hear of research being done and stuff. I agree with you. There's still research being done. There's still being tested being done. But the sad fact of the matter, well, at least that when medical side of things is numbers generate funding. You know what I mean. As the medical cards cease and the people that are raising their hands, hey, I use cannabis for this, dwindles because they no longer have to pull that card and raise their hand because they can just go to the store and get their cookies. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's That limits the funding for the research. You know what I mean? Now you had a million people with this ailment that were using cannabis. Now you got 50,000 and now it's more of a, mm -hmm. was it really working or did they just want to get high? And now they're scrounging for a little bit more funding. That's kind of, you know, it's happening, but not nearly like they had the push in the beginning of this. People were bright eyed, bushy tail. Sad though, as you said earlier, when I asked you about your uh, testing with your hemp, your picks and shovels guys. You know what I mean? Them guys should be just as uh, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed to see what we're pulling out of it, too. Yeah, this is, we've never seen this before. You know, the scientists, the, the you know, cutting edge of it all. And, and that didn't last either. It was all like, oh, they need this shit. Well, <laughs> let them growers. Yeah, they everybody thinks that growers are you know, killing it and shit. Yeah, but along the way, it's picks and shovels, and them guys are just 
it's sad. Yeah, and I, you know, I always heard that theory with uh, like the gold rush. You know, the picks and shovels guys were the ones that struck it rich. So like, uh, that was like, you know, the growth store is like, man, maybe I'll <laughs> make a little bit of money off people growing, but the gold rush, the green rush was over, man. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just. There's just not enough people in my community. It's like a retirement community. A lot of people come up here that are retired and they just come up here to live like retired life. And there's like a, a lake around that, you know, people come vacation and it's just like a little resort town, you know, hour away from a national park. And, but I, you know, I kind of, I've never seen a niche until, it's amazing the ideas and the way they come from. You know, I was listening in at uh, a cannabis college show, basically, uh, the other day, and this sweet old lady was like, why can't we have cannabis gardeners just like I have somebody come over and mow my lawn and I was like that's going to be a recreational if anything fun comes out of recreational that's going to be a fun job (laughs) how fun would that be to like when it becomes like posh kind of thing you know what I mean to where you're just dropping off already pretty well established trees and they're like even stopping by and they just stop you know through and like look at my cannabis plant you know what i mean same thing gardeners doing all the work but you know that's a neat and somebody's got to do it and that would be a fun job (laughs) (laughs) yeah being the pole boy you're the the cannabis guy heck yeah go take care of the the hedges yeah, there's there's ways that we can stay in somehow. I think there's you know for the the entrepreneur, you know, of the cannabis world. I think there'll be ways. Hopefully, it will even out to where we can have get back to like a cannabis market and shit like that. I think that our farmers market wouldn't that be cool to wear like. A, Sundays in the park and shit, you know what I mean? The local law enforcement's like, yeah, that end of the park smells like that every Saturday and Sunday. It's like, you know what I mean? But it just have all the, all the people hanging out there selling their goods like they would fruits and vegetables. Have you seen, like, awesome. supposedly, yeah, it'd be awesome. Have you seen, like, supposedly what's happening, like, in a I think it's New York because they legalize and these people are just setting up little pop-up shops like right in the middle of the park and stuff. And they're like not getting cracked, I don't think. Yeah, it's like, I don't know what's going on exactly, but it's, which is really good because, you know, a lot of people were getting like their whole life messed with for like a, a gram of weed. You know what I mean? And their their whole record's gone to heck and freaking 
you know, so it's, it's good that hopefully it won't be ruining people's lives just to have a couple joints on them over there. You know what I mean? Especially state to state. It's so crazy. You know, it's like in a state, you know, you could be like the complete outlaw in one state, but if you go over to another state, you're saving someone's life or their kid's life. <laughs> All in a tank of gas. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's been a rough one to figure out, but that's how it is, you know. But yeah, I think you're right about the whole um, wreck, wreck as aspect, and then like um, as far as like research funding and stuff like that, that's a good way you know, for them to steer around it. Cause it's, yeah, it's totally true. Like now it's just recreational. Now it's not a thing. And now, you know, I like to use cannabis so I don't have to go to the doctor. So <laughs> obviously if I use cannabis, I'm not going to the doctor to tell them, you know, <laughs> that you know that's another experience i've had too is uh my stains on pharmaceutical muscle medicine i i'm not big on i'm not big on doctors i'm neither you know and i'm right 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 there with you if i can sit home and power through it with a cream <laughs> salve or a doobie you know what i mean i would much rather be there but when you when you go into an ER and fucking you're like yeah they're like hey, let's give you that medicine and you're like no let's fucking find out what's going wrong am I fucking is this gonna need to be fixed or can I walk away right now and be cool that's all I want to know I don't want your script or I don't want a fucking shot is an X-ray. <laughs> an x-ray i don't want to make sure nothing's broke and they look at you at that what you don't want you don't want the medicine and at that point they I've, in my experience anyway they kind of like all right that's the when they kind of like go check on somebody else and, and kind of yeah it's sad yeah yep Ecclesis is crazy. And I'm that way too. I really won't go until it's that bad. Really. I mean, if it's, I need to know if it's broke. If it's it's questionable or something like that, I can't stitch it up or glue it shut. <laughs> Which I've been known to do. So, yeah. I mean, I, I've had, I've passed, like I said, with, with stupid stuff, but, um, but like now and like for past long time, like I don't like to take even like Tylenols and all that stuff. Like I'd rather just, you know, not, you know, I'd rather not hide the pain. I'll just get through it. And if it's, if I can't, then I'll take care of it by going <clears throat> to the doctor or something, you know, chiropractor somewhere, whatever, depending on whatever it is. But yeah. Yeah. So I see uh, them still talking in chat a little bit about 
excuse me, about the CBD. You know, I honestly, when I said that, I mean that. I think there was, you know, same thing. CBD came through, you know, strong and fast. And then we started seeing a lot of this, like, overseas, you know, CBD oil that had been already stripped of a lot of the shit that was good in the in the oil. And the fad went, yeah, it didn't work for me. It didn't work for me. Or they weren't brave enough to have just a little THC in it. You know, as a the THC is a binder. You know what I mean? CBD will pass very clean through that barrier and not stay in your system that way. But if you mix it with a little bit of THC, it will stay and hang out and work in your system a little bit longer. But I think, again, I think it was because of a lot of the gas station availability availability of the CBD and shit like that, that, you know, really took a lot of the demand or focus off it. You know, just a lot of people just went, it didn't work for me. Yeah. Uh, I think it'd be cool just to um, definitely keep on moving forward with it um yeah just um if you could keep your overhead low unless you had like um a, you know unless you were growing under contract or something to where you could produce and have a, a set amount automatically you know people taking it and stuff like that um, it's just like, uh, it was a lot for me to navigate, um, trying to figure out processors and, you know, cause they can take out the, um, I think they can take out the, the, uh, what be D eight. I think it's D8 or something they can like what take that out of the CBD stuff and so like if you have like a um a level that's too high wouldn't you be able to take it out I don't know like I never really you know was able to uh do the whole processing thing and then um but they did like just make the rules a little bit better for it for the hemp farmers to where you're able to like uh if you fail a test, you're able to throw a little bit more plant material in the uh, in the next test and try it again. So, meaning like you could like chop up stems and leaves and throw it in <laughs> so that your stuff doesn't come out as strong. So that helps the farmer, but I mean how does that help the farmer ultimately like so it passed freaking lab tests and stuff but if you have a barn full of stuff that's testing hot ultimately you have stuff that's hot right i mean so it's like a weird position it freaking puts you in you know what i mean like you're trying to like you know you went and got a license and you're freaking most likely got a business license and maybe spent however much it is $800 or something to get like a LLC so that you can kind of protect yourself a little bit or something and 
have your bookkeeping a little bit in order and yeah, so I don't know. Definitely takes a team. Really nice if you had a team. Definitely bit off a large portion of work just for yourself there. I mean, I was just joking with Chad there. Funny, funny stoner in me in knowing that uh, you've had the, the bear experience made me want to yell bear. <laughs> it's been... <laughs> been pretty quiet back here so far so i think i think we're good <laughs> it was it was pretty funny though i heard that shit there probably was something out there that was a pretty good bang, man i've never had to i've never dealt with a bear firsthand but that was one of the things that i was literally on like a uh, like a morning stoner drive, if you will, because I was I was definitely partaking on the drive, right? And then I fucking listen to the local radio station because I ain't been this far up my whole life. I come from way further down the state, a couple hundred miles. Bear down there, probably is a problem. I don't know. You know what I mean? So I will, I'm like cruising along. It's like springtime, and I hear like a piece, PSA on the radio. Careful, keep your eye open. Bears are waking up, and I'm like, huh? <laughs> Wait a minute, that's that's a possibility. <laughs> Wait a minute, really? I never, you know what I mean. It was, uh, yeah, I didn't expect that on my morning cruise. I never heard it. You know what I mean? It was, I never thought it could happen, but it's, I didn't think, thank goodness, if it hasn't happened yet. I think it was like a year or two ago up in Northern California. I think like a bear fell out of like the top of a tree right onto like a, a, a passing cop car or something crazy like that. Like, landed right on his hood or the top of his car or something crazy but but uh i had the uh so the bear i had here last night maybe tonight but definitely last night i saw it um yeah like i said it's just like a you know no more than a year old i would say from its size and uh but it's cool because like i think probably its mom um was like the same same deal like five years ago i remember seeing a little baby cub that was the uh my neighbor's dogs had uh up a tree they had treated it and uh so that thing um it's cool to see like a healthy bear population as as much as like you don't really want them yeah too close to the to the yard you know i've opened my front door front door and had one like six feet away five feet away from me before and like <laughs> i slowly shut my door and dead bolted it like that made a difference or whatever but um <laughs> it just kind of surprised me yeah wasn't expecting it but um so yeah i don't really want him that close to the house but i was happy to see um 
that we have like a healthy bear population and like that are having offspring and all that, you know, cause we're in a pretty bad, you know, drought here and stuff like that. So it's definitely uh, harsher on the wildlife and stuff like that. So, you know, but yeah, it's always been a dream of mine to like pet a bear. I probably won't. <laughs> yeah, I won't, but you know, Yeah, we were kind of talking about that uh, a couple nights ago on the uh, in the weekend world, rather. Uh, the documentaries of that cat that died, I'm pretty sure it was Yosemite. Uh, him and uh, I think it was his girlfriend going over bears all the time. And he was grew up, you know, spent his whole life documenting, filming, and way too comfortable i'm like yeah nah that's the wild animal at any time you're in there especially you're in their domain it's not like they're in your yard you're fucking training and feeding them you're out in the wild you're out there in their fucking playground ain't no fucking no fucking way <laughs> yeah exactly i would never do it to like a wild one but um but maybe if it was one that had been like raised in captivity and I had an opportunity to pet it, definitely. But, yeah, that one dude got eaten. That was, like, yeah, living with the bears and all that. Him and... I don't know if you've heard about that. Not around here. I think that was in another state or something, maybe Alaska or something. But they found, like, his camera with, like, the last, the last parts of them alive or something. Yeah, it's crazy. But before I moved into the house I'm at, I was driving like uh, on the highway right before the road I'm on at night. And I freaking seen this. Uh, it sounds weird, but it looked like a human, be like a naked human being with a tail running across the highway. And it like, and it like looked right at me as I was uh, like driving by it and uh, freaked me out. And I was like, I will never live up on that mountain. <laughs> and I swear within like six months, the house came available and I freaking was living up here. But uh, it's probably just a mountain lion, but it looked crazy at night for some reason, I think. But who knows, man, it could have been like, could have been some crazy stuff. There's a lot of, a lot of forest around me. Sasquatch. <laughs> yeah. In the middle of some, uh, a fair lot of forests as well, man. And, uh, yeah, I've had some weird experiences. It, there's some nights where I just, I don't even think about going outdoors at night. To be honest with you, it gets so just dark, dark up here to where you can't see your hand in front of your face. And to me, it's a little eerie. And I've had times where I've been out there. It had to be out there. And you just get that, like, feeling run up your back. You're like, I'm either being watched or <laughs> there's a spirit around or something. And I've actually had, when I first moved up here, I had experience with wildlife. Turned out to be deer, man. I, 
always lived out in the country and I don't I don't have again this is when you say what you will kind of moments. I have no qualms on if you know middle of the night if I have to use the restroom versus going in the house and waking somebody up but I'll go outdoors whatever stage but uh when I first moved up here man I took a couple steps kind of like you said man I'd go out there I actually heard a snore. I almost it was so close I could feel it on my neck. And I was like, I just kinda like I didn't even like zip up. I like just like took six up like fuck that shit. I don't know what that was, but I don't want to find out. <laughs> and I kind of flipped down the light, didn't see nothing. And it happened like several days in a row. So I started kind of like going out there with the flashlight and trying to you know what I mean? <laughs> and <laughs> it turned out to be a big old box that was hanging around snorting at me and shit. I was like, okay. I'm flipping out. I'm at least flipping out a light before I venture out. You know, none of these, no more just wandering out in the pitch dark. One time I it was so dark, man, I walked right into my truck. I literally couldn't see the truck in front of me. It's that dark. Wham. Yeah. Think about surprising the animal like that, man. You creeping around outside and freaking walk into each other. Yeah, I'm good on that. I'm good on being mauled. I'd be the guy in my neighborhood that ran down the road with like a fucking hunting knife and shit, jogging. You know the fuckers. <laughs> I know there's shit out here. I drive down the roads. <laughs> I see a lot of shit just driving down the road, twin foxes and all kinds of weird shit driving through. Yeah, nah, I wouldn't jog down here. I'd get, I'd, I'd get me a, a jogging a treadmill before I'd probably just run straight down my road. <laughs> yeah, you take it for granted until like, because uh, I'll be outside my yard when it's dark and stuff, and not thinking about it, and then like. Uh, but when I know there's a, a bear around outside, yeah, I'm definitely, it's, I'm a totally different person. You know what I mean? I'm like, if I go outside, it's going to be with the flashlight. But a lot of times it's like, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of bushes and I mean, like spots for a bear to hide. So I just, I'm not like outside working necessarily like I would in the daytime when I know that bear's around. But I almost take it for granted sometimes is what I'm saying. Yeah, because I don't know for sure when he's around. You know what I mean? <laughs> he can come down off the mountain anytime he freaking wants. Shoot. So, yeah. I don't know. Even though we're close, I don't know if I can get out there 20 minutes but i've had a lot of fun hanging out my friend you know this has been a pleasure and a great story man uh I hope, hopefully you know how this thing works around here now that you've done hung out with me uh that zoom link that i sent you this evening is the same uh zoom link that uh will be good for you for the we nerd world uh and that and that hopefully, as you know, 
come and go now as you please in the Weed Nerd world. Whenever you see Weed Nerd world in the title, free game for past guests. I'm sure there's other people that like myself that would like a second chance of having a good conversation with you. Their first chance, maybe. <laughs> My second chance or more. You know what I mean? There's and we like new perspectives as well. So hopefully you will kind of come and hang out. Monday nights is a guaranteed We Nerd World. The, the other ways they work is in case uh, the guest doesn't kind of walk us down to this point. If you only went an hour or so, I would have shut things down and said my adieus and then turned around and fired up the We Nerd World to kind of finish out the night. So they're sporadic. But anytime you see happen to tune into the channel and you see Weed Nerd World in the title, you are forever now invited. So you just got to want to come hang out, grab your tray, come fucking hang out. We ain't got to talk all serious. You know, a lot of times we just having fun. You know, so a lot of times we are talking bro, but sometimes we talk a little bit of fun stuff, a little bit of life, a little bit of life. A little bit of this, a little bit of that. Can't all be canvas, can it? No. Well, we, I was, we are people. I was going to joke around with you earlier and send you a message and say, oh, I got to cancel, man. <laughs> but, oh, I think this you did. They, especially the one I've gotten so far since all the cancellations, Miley had to step in and take care of. I was, man, earlier tonight when we first got going, man, I'm not going to lie, man, the internet out my end was pretty bad. And I was catching about every fourth word. And I was over here just saying a prayer the whole time, just kind of let it just even out. Please, please, please let me make it through this night, man. I just want, you know what I mean? So thank you, and I'm grateful for your time and hanging out with me and buying my, myself another night. People in the chat, another night of hanging out. It means a lot to both of us, both of us all of us, that we don't you know, get to do this another night. So, Yeah, man. I'm Definitely looking forward to seeing you more often. Hopefully you participate a little more often. Uh, like I said, it's always fun to see new faces and new, new perspectives. Uh, one other thing before we go is a silly thing I like to call the soundbite. At some point, it will be uh, commercial for your episode. Uh, kind of a look back so basically what i'm looking for my version of the soundbite would be something like hey this is eagle and i'm on fucking talking shit with eagle episode 659 you put whatever you want before or after that it is your soundbite as long as it kind of says that as long as they know where to look you know what i mean for to, to find your episode that's all i'm basically like Hey, this is Colts Mountain. Colton here on fucking talking shit with Eagle. And it's been really nice uh, getting on here finally. And uh, 
I look forward to being a, a part of the scene. So hope everybody has a bountiful harvest and uh, some good health. And it has been a pleasure, my friend, uh, getting to know you this evening. I know you seem to kind of slightly a little nervous before the show, but man, when we hit it, you you hit the ground running, my friend, and made <laughs> it quite easy for me. <laughs> and a pleasure. Yeah, so sorry to talk your ear off. <laughs> oh, I love them nights. I do. And it was a good story, man. It was quite easy to sit back and listen tonight. So thank you for a genuinely a great story. You know, an awesome, well, I can't say an awesome journey because I didn't live it. You know, it sounded like it, there was their ups and downs there. But for the most part, man, it was a, a good story to listen to. So I, we are looking forward to hearing more and seeing you more. Oh, yeah. Doesn't any, kill any shout outs? Anybody you'd like to thank before uh, you, we part ways tonight? Uh not in particular at the moment but right <laughs> th thank you right. and thank the audience or the chat uh for uh taking the time but um yeah but definitely would like to thank you um but yeah this, that's it for tonight still 71 watching right now so they enjoyed your story as well so those you guys still watching Thank you guys very much for tuning in and hanging out this evening. Uh, no, no weed nerd world tonight. We made the mark. We hit the mark, guys. So we'll see you tomorrow, 1130. I believe it is the uh, fire department 420 will be my guest tomorrow night. So for those of you guys, the rest of you guys, don't forget the most important part. Do not forget to help somebody out. Random acts of kindness do save lives. Don't forget to help, you know what I mean? Do something nice for somebody. Thank you again, Colton, for being an amazing guest and a fun person to talk to this evening. Much respect. I look forward to seeing you again soon. Good night, my friend. <laughs>